Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. How is everybody doing this wonderful, wonderful evening? I am very, very excited because today I officially get to announce that Hit the Bucket is an actual podcast. We are on iTunes, we are on Google Play, and you can also go to hitthebucket.com. I own the domain. And we also added a little command to chat. Speaking of chat, another thing, now that we are officially a podcast in audio form, I listened to a couple of the podcasts in my car to see like how it transferred from what we do here to an audio podcast. And I, I'm going to officially make a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. These episodes are recorded live on Twitch twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio and we interact with the chat a little bit a lot of our guests are part of the Twitch community so if you're listening to this as an audio podcast and you hear us call out a name or answer a question out of the blue that that's probably why it's because this is happening live on Twitch every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time that's West Coast time for Mr. James28. I think that's the first time I've called you that. Um, I always call him James28. I'm probably always going to call him James28. But uh, that is my co-host, for those who are new here, Mr. James28, my trusty companion, always with the uh, the quick wit, always with the... He's been lining up a couple guests. I'm excited. Uh, the next couple weeks are guests that he has invited to the show. Uh, the last guest that he invited was Mr. Uh, Flying Fishy, which was an awesome podcast. So we're looking forward to his future guests. Also, uh, shout out one more thing. Uh, Jumbotron James is still a thing. If you want to have one of your messages read live on the podcast, you can spend your ducats to uh, have us read a message, an advertisement, a sweet uh message to your significant other or you know just want to say hi mom or you just want to hear james say something ridiculous uh those are all options that you can take advantage of with the jumbotron james ducket thingamabob so without further ado i'm gonna bring on james oh actually if you guys will bear bear with me i think our guest might be able to join us we weren't sure if he was gonna make it on time so I'm going to go ahead and invite him to the call real quick and see if we can't make that happen. And while I'm doing that, I will ask you guys if you could do one thing for me. If you could possibly... Oh, there we go. Haha. <laughs> if you could possibly... If you have iTunes, if you have Google Play... Um, please, please, please consider downloading the podcast... And giving it a rating and a review. That's how you get pumped up as a as like a new podcast is trending or whatever. They look at how like if you're getting ratings and reviews, you can get you can rank up and they'll find you in searches more and stuff like that. So please, if you if you know, if you got a spare minute, it might be it might be cool if you if you'd be willing to do that. Alright, I think we're ready. I think this is gonna work. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bring on 
Mr. James and Mr. Crispy, and we're going to have ourselves a fun little conversation. Here we go. Bam! Oh, the name is wrong. <laughs> I was so close. Ah, I'm nice. Launcher Q now. You are Launcher Q. I mean, of all the people that you could be, he's a swell feller. He is. He is. I'll give him that. So while I'm fixing your name, James, uh, why don't you go and tell the people about uh, your recent uh, gig that you got? Oh, all right. Well, more recently, I have trying to land this position as an editor for another streamer. She goes by the name of, yeah, that was a banana. And it's just doing the whole taker Twitch live streams and put in a format that's good for YouTube. Nice. So what does that entail? What are you what are you doing exactly? Well, main thing, I'm going to her Twitch streams. I'm watching them because doing all the stuff as the stream goes on and making like notes like, oh, something interesting happened there and here. It's a lot easier than going back in time and looking over eight hours of footage. <laughs> and yeah. like, well, time to scrub this for something interesting because that's not fun. But other things I have to do involves some basic like art design i had to make like an outro i spent three hours taking a still image and then isolating various parts of it so i could animate it because there was no live version of it anywhere nice and i needed it to be moving so i had to do that it was painful but now that it's done it's like a huge weight off my shoulders well i hope she's i hope she's paying you well that sounds like it was time consuming Mm-hmm. It was basically, it's, I, I feature creeped myself. I was like, <laughs> oh, I can just do this. But then I was like, but what if, what if I do this instead? And then I just kept going until I had like it fully animated. I really didn't need to do that. But now that it's done, I'm like, couldn't be any other way. Got to watch out for that feature creep, man. So Crispy Audio, our, yes, sir. our <clears throat> guest of the evening. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to learn all about the man, the myth, the legend that is Crispy Audio. I don't even know how we met. Did you just show up on like a Thirsty Thursday one night and um we were playing like Rocket League or something? I don't I honestly don't remember the first time you showed up. So the first time I showed up, we actually met on uh what's the game called? It's the one I called you out on you hadn't played in a while. Uh what type of game is it? Jack it's a battle royale. Oh, um, Darwin Project. Darwin, Darwin Project. Project. There yeah. you go. <laughs> I, I was actually in my first game of Darwin Project, and you were the host. Oh, I really? I, <laughs> I was the um, director. Yeah, the director. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you were the director. And so we had like the most obscene explicit conversation <laughs> throughout that entire game and i was like you know what man i like this dude i'm gonna go find him nice i eventually followed you and here we are today ah dude i forgot all about that i like i because i there were others that i uh i trolled a lot of people as a director when that first came <laughs> out so it was an interesting system in darwin project yeah we should play yeah, that we need to do that on a thursday again we should so crispy you are from a town close to Coachella, California, correct? Yes, sir. But yes, you tell sir. people you're from Coachella because nobody knows what your town is called? Or? Well, uh, 
nobody really knows where Palm Desert is. Right. <laughs> so it's either you got to tell them Palm Springs or Coachella. Right. And mm-hmm. most people are like, oh, Coachella, the festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people that, are like really. that. And I'm like, yeah, I can pretty much hear the the bass from that festival in yeah, my backyard. Yeah. Oh, wow. That so, close? Yeah, it's decently close. All right. And mm-hmm. you are a musician. Uh, to an extent. To an extent. <laughs> I mean, come on. Just a bit. He come dabbles on. in it as a hobby. <laughs> I dabble. You know, I kind of, I picked up a horn one day and started making face farts. Yeah, that, that's kind of really where it started. <laughs> How did it start? I, I like, I got I need a timeline. So, like, did, um, did you play for school? Just like, you, did your parents force you to play an instrument? Like, how did it? How did? How did you get into trumpet? And how did? How did it begin? So, back in third grade, uh, my school, my elementary school, came and opened up a music program. And my parents saw that when they picked me up one day from school, and they said, "You know what? You you want to you want to do something there? Do you want to play an instrument? You know, it, it might be fun. You might might enjoy it." And I said, you know what? Yeah, I want to play the drums. <laughs> I want to beat shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we stand in line and we go up and we're like, yeah, uh, he wants to play drums. And they're like, oh, we have no more practice pads. And so my dad goes, well, I used to play the trumpet in high school. So you might try that. Ooh. And so they handed me, I went home with a trumpet that night. And uh, apparently most people can't make a note on it the first time they try but mm-hmm. I was able to yeah and so it was like kind of a quote unquote natural talent mm-hmm. yeah because isn't trumpet like all like mouth it's all uh, lips. Just blowing it's yeah. lips tongue air and you have to be able to put enough air through the horn that you're not going flat constantly mm-hmm. lips and tongue huh Mm-hmm. I'm talented with my mouth. I was gonna, I was gonna say the ladies probably appreciate your dexterity. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. So you you sign up, you start doing trumpet in grade school, and you just never stop. Did you do it? You did do it through high school? Were you like in jazz band, marching band? Did you do all that stuff? Or no, actually. So the the program that I started in in elementary school was run by the same people that I was involved with a month ago when I quit the program. So I, for the last eight, for the last 13 years, I've been with the same group of people learning, learning, developing. So I've literally grown up, you know, Mm -hmm. with the same group, the same circle of friends. So we've got a real close sort of a thing there. I did go to, I was in band for one year in middle school but it did not end well. Uh-oh. Because that band director did not have a good relationship with my band director. Uh-huh. And so when I finally kind of admitted, yeah, I'm part of this band as well, they just started treating me like shit. Yeah. Uh, they were like threatening to make my make me fail the class and I'd have to take it again for an elective. And so it was just my life was hell. But uh, I ended up cussing that teacher out at the end of the year. Nice. I'm sure they deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's their name? Let's call them out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did that go from now? So obviously you, you mentioned that you got into audio engineering. 
Was that so? Did you when did you start? Re- you've recorded. Let me form form this fucking question. <laughs> you started performing trumpet or uh, some groups, some notable groups. Did that happen first, or did did the audio engineering come first? Like when did where did all that? What was the transition? Um, trumpet was the main part of my life for about ten years. Okay, for about ten years. Well, I, I was learning for about four years. And then I started getting some more decent gigs, you know, actually getting my name out there. People started realizing, you know, he's only 13, 14 years old, but he can play. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so it's more or less of a, they didn't want to hire a professional and they thought they could pay yeah. me a little less. Yeah. <laughs> pay the 13 year old. He can do kinda it. Kind of makes sense. I yeah, mean, if you can play the runs, if you can play the runs and you're young, you can get away with paying them less. Yeah. That's kind of a business thing, but um, it's like he doesn't know what a standard pay is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't know what a standard pay was. Here's twenty dollars and a lollipop. I mean, <laughs> I was playing gigs for twenty five bucks, and I'd be working for eight nine hours a day. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't great money at all. Child labor. But I figured throughout the time I was in middle school and high school, doing that was good enough for the experience just because I was still in high school. Right. And I wasn't able to actually go and do anything, you know, huge. Yeah, no, experience is just as important. You're already getting, like, real-world experience at a young age. Yes, sir. Yeah, just saying... I've been paid to do this. You're, like, a step above, like, everyone else trying to just get into that. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't, I, cause that, that was one thing I was going to ask you. Cause you're, how, you said you were 19? I'm 19, yeah. And you, I mean, we're going to get into it, but you've already had a pretty extensive, like, career and experience in the industry. And I was like, how, how the hell does he have this much experience? It makes sense now. Like, if you started at 13, you've already been at it for like six years. No, I started in third grade, but in the going more professional was 13 or 14. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's get into it a little more here. It says, I've had the privilege of performing with numerous well-known artists as well as meeting and becoming good friends with others. So you can drop some names or what? I want to know. I'll, I'll drop some names. Uh, I'll kind of start on the bottom of the totem pole, I guess. All right. Some of the smaller acts, but they do still travel throughout the United States. Uh, a guy named Joe Baldino, he does uh, smooth jazz. And I was able to go out and open for him a couple of times. And I actually performed with him. So I opened for him three times out here. All right. And then he came out four more times and those four shows he opened for uh, a band called Soul Something. It's um, they're essentially alumni members of a band called Tower of Power. Right. That's I when I when I stalked you on Facebook, I saw various <laughs> pictures of you with a couple members of Tower of Power. And yeah. uh, I definitely have a few more questions about that. <laughs> um but let's go down the list. So it that was he the first guy that you really like opened for, played with, toured with? He was yeah, he was one of the first ones. You know, I was able to do shows with him and his pay was a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars a show. Nice. And I was playing three songs. 
That's, so, that's not a bad I mean, gig. That was a pretty decent gig for still being a senior in high school. Right. Yeah. Now, um, do you still have a decent relationship with him? You still? Oh, yeah. Keep we in still touch, talk. Still do stuff? We still actually give each other merchandise from whatever gigs we do. <laughs> nice. So, I that's mean, awesome. that, that's, that's always a good relationship to have. Oh, for sure. It's always good to not burn bridges. No, yeah. That's one thing I've, I've learned hardcore in this industry is burning bridges is bad. Did you learn yeah. that the hard way? I did. I did. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. There, there was a gig that I could have gotten that would have paid $2,500. Right. And it was an hour-long show. So it was really good pay for a really short gig. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it was extremely easy material to learn. Like I would have learned it in one or two days and had it down. So it was an extremely easy gig, easy money. But somebody that was already in the band heard that I was uh, a potential member or a potential fill-in Uh-oh. for that gig. And I had burned a bridge with them. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't... We kind of had a an argument that may or may not have turned physical. Oh, no! <laughs> it didn't end well. And none... Don't have to say it, but I didn't get the gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that's where this story was headed. So that was kind of an unfortunate one. Yeah. So yeah, I did learn that the hard way. Mm-hmm. So you hear that, kids? Don't don't punch people. If you're mad, just just <laughs> chill out. Just Unless talk they hit out. you first. If they hit you first, knock them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they hit you first, kick them in the nuts and run the other way. <laughs> don't don't deal with it. <laughs> Just, fighting is bad. <laughs> it never ends well for both parties. True. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's let's go up the list then. So it started there, and where where are we headed next? Let's see. Let me go. I'm actually going to go to my Facebook so I can <laughs> kind of look at whoever you saw and just kind of give you a story on them. The one that stood out the most was uh, a couple of guys from Tower of Power. So yeah. did, did you ever did you ever have any inter- interactions with Tower of Power as a did you ever as a, did as ever a player? Play yeah. No, I did not, unfortunately. Those are those are some guys that I'd really love to be able to perform on stage with cuz they almost never have a bad day. They never miss a note. They are the definition of professionals. Right. And for those young whippersnappers out there, I was raised on like <laughs> funk and R&B and soul from the 70s. My dad was a radio mm-hmm. DJ in the 70s, so I'm very familiar with Tower of Power. Uh, they've been around forever, and they're one of those like living, breathing bands. Not only because they're, they're a group, but they like... They've had like forty different members over the years. Like if you go to their, yeah. you go to their Wikipedia oh, yeah. page, it's just li- a <laughs> giant list of a bunch of talented ass motherfuckers. And they've played. I, I made a short list here. Some of the names they've played with, uh, other artists that they've played with, because they're their own band. But they've also played with a lot of other artists. Uh, Otis Redding, Aaron ne- uh, Neville, Aerosmith, Bonnie Raitt. Uh, Elton John, Huey Lewis, Paula Abdul, Grateful Dead, The Monkees, Jefferson Starship, Fish, like they've, they're the the list is ridiculous, and they're they're known for being one of the tightest, most consistent. Like you said, they never have a bad day. When it comes to like a horn section that can just like make you question your life, like <laughs> the, those mm-hmm. guys are insane. Oh yeah, some of the runs that they play, it's 
it's really questioned. I've questioned the why I play the trumpet <laughs> after listening to some of the runs that they play, right. that they have in their albums. And it's, I just kind of listen to them and I go, I could never play that. I give up. <laughs> I'm going to hang it up. Just, I'm just going to put my horn away and never look at that again because <laughs> I'm never getting to that level. Ever. Yeah. Um, but so while you're looking at that list, uh, it says here that you've recorded and featured on various albums. I have. It's been five now. Any five. any that we would recognize? Any? Uh... Not necessarily. No, they're all um, no lo- they're all local to the Southern California area. Okay. They were never really thrown online. Okay, they were always just we made you know hundred two hundred and fifty maybe five hundred uh, you know physical copies, and we just mm-hmm. sell them at gigs as merch. Yeah, so nothing huge. Nothing huge. Not like I've worked with Drake or anything like that. <laughs> not, not yet. Not, not yet. That, that's not the end goal right that there. That would be great. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, so I wanted to ask you how how important or how integral was it to be in Southern California? Like, does does being in Coachella? afford you certain opportunities that you probably wouldn't have had otherwise like mm. with I, all, like, I mean I feel like with all the music kind of coming through there like did that did that did that play a part in your early success I, I I think it may have it was never as big as say LA right because the the music scene in LA is just uncomparable you can't you can't match that sure yeah but being in Coachella where you have, you know, Rihanna and Drake and uh, Lil Wayne and all them coming out, they're all performing here at a three-day festival. And then you've got Stagecoach right after. So you've got all this great music, all these huge acts that are coming through the same little town. Right. I mean, I think it did play a decent part in why music was such a big thing down here and why it became such a big thing in my life. Sure. Now your your earlier gigs, like you know, when you started taking more seriously, you know, age thirteen, fourteen, or whatever, um, how how does that happen? Like, what is the? Are your parents musicians? Did you know a guy that knew a guy? Did they know about your band? Like, how? What? Where'd you? How'd you get your foot in the door? Because it's like you had to have known someone, or did something, or been somewhere at the right time. Like, a lot of it, a lot of getting into the professional side of music is having connections right mm-hmm. if if you don't have any connections you're gonna have a hell of a time trying to climb that totem pole i mean the the biggest reason people get gigs is not because they're good like you could have the best player on earth versus the person that has a connection with a band and the person with the connection is going to get the gig sure but that's just because whoever's hiring trusts this person with the connections and you know they don't really feel like they have to audition that person or make it a huge deal so i guess my follow-up question is what was your connection i didn't really have one so it was harder for me to get in get into it but because i was in coachella and there was so many music acts coming through whenever i was playing with a band there was always somebody in the audience that had some sort of a connection and they always try to kind of uh network right who's that little kid with the trumpet yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, he's like 14. Why is he that good? <laughs> That's awesome. This but, uh, this James guy looks handsome AF. Nice. Hello, Van Gogh. How you doing? Thank you. What are you going to say, Crispy? Most of my success is credited to one specific band program, which, again, the same people I started with in third grade, they mm-hmm. kind of... I stayed with that one central group up until, like I said, September 5th was my last day with that group because I got tired of the way I was getting treated. There were certain things that kind of small things that led up to, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I can find something better. Right. But they did give me a a huge amount of opportunities, great things that I never would have achieved on my own, you know? So they, I mean, I have a lot to credit to them. Like all five of the albums are because of them. Yeah. Most of my large connections, most of my gigs that I've gotten have been through them because I'll go out and perform with them. And like I said, somebody out in the audience is like, who's that? They sound good. I want to see if maybe they'd be interested in performing for me. But, you know, I go from this central program where I'm making 25 bucks a gig, if that. Right. I mean, for, I think I made 25 bucks a gig for a year and I was with the group for eight years. Ooh. Up yeah, until not exactly uh, rolling in the riches there. No, not at all. Not at all. My rolling in the riches right now is because of day jobs. <laughs> so, I mean, as much as I'd love for music to be my full-time job, I don't make enough. I don't mm-hmm. make enough. I don't do enough gigging to make it my full-time job. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard. <clears throat> even the guys in Tower of Power, they have a hard time. Some of them still have day jobs. Like, some of them still deliver newspapers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to get by. Yeah, could, uh-huh. I, I mean, I feel like anything entertainment-wise, unless you're hitting that like sweet spot, you're probably gonna still need uh, something else, some supplemental income of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm lucky to be in the position where most of my expenses are like covered through my college, since most of that stuff is like you pay us right now big lump sum and then don't worry about it (laughs) but even then like the amount of work and stuff you put in like especially this week where i had a ton of like school work it's like how do i do school work do youtube do the new editing stuff how do i fit all of this into my schedule so when you do have to work to support yourself it gets even harder right so crispy where did the transition was so let's get into the engineering side of things when did that happen? Did were you just around for so long that you're like just started figuring it out or um so the group I was in essentially it was a bunch of kids that each had their own jobs. So you had a saxophone player, you had trumpet players, and then you had your audio engineers and the guys that would come in and set everything up. They were the load crew, so they'd set everything up, break everything down, and then you had the one guy that would stand at the board and mix everything down for the okay. live performances and it came to the point where nobody else knew anything about that equipment and so I had to kind of step into those shoes and fill them and in the beginning it wasn't really my thing I still wanted to be you know a trumpet player sure. at heart mm-hmm. uh, 
But after about a year, I started to get serious about it because after a year in audio engineering, I started making four, five, six hundred dollars a week. Whereas with the trumpet, like I said, I was making a hundred bucks a gig. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that was on the off chance that I got that gig and they wanted to pay me at the age of 14 or 15. Right. So, I mean, I just started going where the money was. It makes sense. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And eventually it got to the point where I decided, you know, this is starting to look like a legitimate career for me. Like, this is something I enjoy doing. This is something I can see myself doing for the rest of my life. And so I really started pursuing that as a professional. And that kind of leads up to where I am now and who I'm working for. Sure. So uh, before you uh, reveal who you're working for, because I am going to ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's I. Um, that's kind of a similar story that happened to uh, my buddy Brian, the one that I linked the uh, that owns a studio in my hometown. Right. He he played for bands for years. He's a drummer. We're we're both drummers. We you know I've been playing drums since like fifth sixth grade. That's always been my thing. Um, so I, I did what you wanted to do, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my story, uh, sidebar, real quick. My story is the opposite of yours. Uh, the music teacher came to my class and handed out a piece of paper to everyone that said, you know, if there's any something you're interested in, ha- take it home, have your parents sign it. And I saw percussion and I checked the box and I never even had my parents sign it. Like There was no signature on it. I just turned it in the next day and I started going to music class and playing the drums. And a few months later, I, I, uh, I was at home and I was like, oh, by the way, mom, uh, the spaghetti dinner is this Friday. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a fundraiser for band. And she's like, what? And I was like, oh, I signed up to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, wait a minute. Because they, they were forcing me to play piano lessons. But I... Uh, <laughs> it makes sense why you went to beat shit. Yeah. So she was like, well, your uncle used to play drums. So she like, they, they supported it. They bought me a drum set and stuff. But yeah, I pretty much took the initiative on my own without asking to start going to music class. <laughs> but anyway, that a couple years later, I met Brian. He originally played for like a punk band. Then he got into like all kinds of other stuff. Like he was just trying to find his place in the music world. And eventually uh, he realized that in my hometown, there was, a, there was very few like knowledgeable like recording studios or what like i you know i come from a small town in central california right and he's like there's really not much here and uh so he just bought some recording equipment and eventually like just was doing it out of his house for a while then bought a he, he was making enough to rent a small space downtown and then just like he like you said he went where the money was he doesn't mm-hmm. even get to play drums much anymore just because he's his studio time like he's booked for like months at a time with people recording in his studio so yep. there's definitely money in it if you take the time to learn the craft because it's not easy to be good at it there's a lot of people who call themselves you know producers or or uh you know engineers or or you know whatever but to be good at it and produce quality content mm-hmm. is is not easy um so so yeah i mean the fact that you recognize that and that you cultivated those skills and pursued it that's awesome yeah definitely on that note you are uh you're working with someone and i'm curious to know who it is so he is a 
two-time Grammy Award-winning artist. He's won seven Dove Awards, which... Do you know what a Dove Award is? No. Yeah, so, I, I probably should, but I don't. <laughs> the Dove Award is... And this should kind of give you a clue as to where I'm going. Um, but the Dove Award is essentially the Christian music genre equivalent of a Grammy. Oh. Hmm. And so he's won two Grammys for Christian music and then seven different Dove Awards for Christian music. And he's now uh, the worship leader for a church out by me. And at one point I got, I just got a random call from him. I was in the middle of driving home from another gig and he left me a message. Hey, this is Bruce Carroll. Um, Bruce Carroll. Yeah. I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, I'm up here at the Sky Valley Church, and uh, I, I really need a sound guy, man. I need somebody to come out and help me sound good. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Well, I called him back when I when I got home. I kind of listened to the message again, and I thought, uh, do I wanna do I wanna do it? Do I trust it? Do I know who he is? And uh, so I did some research on him, and uh, he's done some he's done some notable things, like he's. He has a, has his own website. I actually just saw that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quickly Googled that. <laughs> I did. I had to quickly Google it because I don't know too much about him. I just work with a guy. I don't pay attention to him. Uh, so uh, that begs the question that I know I'm using that phrase wrong. Thanks, everyone who's listening to this. I know I'm using that phrase wrong. Y'all can go suck on it. Um, but it makes me want to ask the question, are you Christian? To an extent. To an extent. Because mm-hmm. if you weren't, it would be interesting if you were like atheist or agnostic and you're working with a Christian guy and how much that plays into the dynamic is just the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Because um, I have the mouth of a sailor. I could probably never work with a Christian. They probably wouldn't like me very much. Well, I I work hard to censor myself. Mm-hmm. When I'm meeting somebody, I have to feel them out and see if they're going to be okay with that kind of a thing. Sure. You know, I really censor myself and I become a a hardcore businessman and I'm extremely censored, extremely flat. I have almost no personality when I first meet somebody, especially if I know they're going to have contacts and they're going to be able to take me somewhere. You learned your lesson from burning that bridge. Yep. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. You know, I used to hate censoring myself like I am a person. I have a personality and they're going to accept me for who I am. And then I realized that screwed my career over at some point. So, yeah. I might want to change that if I want to make it in this industry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. Sometimes they don't need to really accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it. I, you never know who knows who. So, you know, keeping yourself in a certain frame of mind and a certain filter when you're in those environments for sure. That's why we all come to Twitch at night and act like assholes, right? Cuz <laughs> exactly. During the day we all have to be good little boys and girls and then and then I get to be Jimmy Navio at night. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so his his Grammy awards are for best southern gospel, country gospel, or bluegrass gospel album. Ooh. I mean, I love me some bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Might have to check it out. I was actually quite surprised. Like, I wasn't sure I was going to trust that he was saying who he was. Mm-hmm. Just because it was a phone call. It was a right. random phone call. 
I mean, working locally this whole time and then just getting a call from somebody claiming to be a two-time Grammy award-winning artist is kind of like, huh, what happened? Yeah. When out of, this, out of nowhere. When did this yeah, become a thing? Like a scam. Yeah. It's like a scam. Like somebody's calling me trying to get my information. It's like that. Uh, it's like that prince that always wants me to accept his money, <laughs> or buy his protein shakes. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. So you're doing that. You're doing the gig with him. And other than that, you said you still have to supplement your income with day jobs. Um, yes. What What kind of What kind of everyday <clears throat> thing do you do? So my first job was a child care director. I, I work in child care. Oh, really? That, that, I, that's my longest quote unquote day job. I would not trust you with my children. <laughs> um, Just kidding. Well, Chris, Crispy and Christopher are two different people. <laughs> True. <laughs> Very different people. Yeah. But um, that's my day job. I, I am a child care worker i work i i care for children <laughs> i guess <laughs> i keep them safe i keep them safe i put my life on the line essentially the one thing i tell myself every day when i have to go into work for that is if anything starts if you know if anything threatens these kids lives that's my life first before theirs and i, I feel like that's got to be your your attitude when you're putting someone else's child you know in between you yeah. yeah, you have to. You have to be willing to sacrifice something to keep someone else's kid safe, especially when they're paying you. And I like to imagine it as if it was my own kid. Mm-hmm. That's a it really kind of puts it into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good frame of mind to have. I wish. I wish all childcare workers had that same mindset. That's <laughs> yeah, that's I, commendable. I, I appreciate your <laughs> your your point of view on that. I, I've worked with a couple of people that don't feel that way. I've worked with a couple of people that are very selfish and prefer their life over someone else's. But, you know, you just kind of got to, you got to work with those people and hope you can get by. Mm -hmm. Makes you wonder why they got into that industry. Yeah. I mean, was it just, this is where you found money and you needed a job or is this like you enjoy doing this? Because if you enjoy doing it, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have kids. I don't know if I could take care of someone else's. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I know I can. It's a little different, but I like so. Like, mad props to you because, like, I don't know. It's you have seen what happens when someone lumps a child on me on stream. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. I remember I was He's caring. Like, he holds it like this. I was caring for my nephew and all of a sudden he like starts choking and I'm like, holy shit, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I immediately like called my mom, like mom, the baby, he's like making choking sounds. What's happening? She's like, oh, just like, pat his back. Don't worry about it. Like that, that's normal. He's like learning how to be a baby. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mashif no, a second ago, he said, I couldn't work like that. If the zombies break out, I'm a bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if the zombies break out, hell yeah, I'm the, I'm the fuck out of there. <laughs> then you're throwing babies. Yeah, I'm throwing babies. They're bait. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking bait. Get the fuck over there. I'm going to send this video to your boss. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's cool, though. I, I mean, that's, uh, man, that's not an easy gig. So mad, mad props to you, sir. 
Um, James, you got any questions before we get to these quick fire daddies? Well, you said that's one of your day jobs. What else do you do from time that, to time? So like that it? is one of my day jobs, but that's only part of one of my day jobs. Mm-hmm. So with this company that I work for childcare, I have six different job descriptions. Oh, <laughs> so I do a bunch of different shit. I, I work as a childcare aide. I work for building maintenance. So whenever they need something fixed, whenever they need something you know, transported somewhere or something out of storage. I do that. Uh, whenever they need somebody to help with sports programs, I do that. Um, whenever it comes to, uh, I'm actually their special events guy. So I kind of coordinate and work on all of their special events as well. And it's, it, it kind of becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. when they decide to give you a job or two from every single thing that you do. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they, they, all re- they require a different skill set. Yeah. They, they require a different skill set. And each one usually takes two to four hours to do. So when you're trying to get it all done in one day, you're a little panicked. Mm-hmm. And like I said, overwhelmed. And then when you add that on top of when you're doing two other day jobs and you're doing music in the background, it gets to be a pretty hectic life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to have to go with Nashif on this one. He said, sounds like you are underpaid. Yes. <laughs> you need to renegotiate that, that income, sir. Because I think the most I've ever made in a month was just under two grand. Mm-hmm. So like, very underpaid. In there like, you know, I started this position with this set of requirements <clears throat> and responsibilities, and now that list is like 10 times longer my compensation is going to need a, a readjustment. <laughs> I need a raise. Tell him James 28, uh, who is uh, an accountant almost, <laughs> said that you need you need proper compensation for your time. My so. online friend who's almost an accountant, hopefully <laughs> taking his classes and is very barely passing, <laughs> said that I should get a raise. GPA. <laughs> No, no. His GPA is—he's a master procrastinator, uh, a master cater, if you will. <laughs> wow! That's Thanks for the compliment, Jimmy. No, I'm just saying you're good at not—you're good at getting stuff done at the last mm-hmm. minute. That's all. Hey, man. I mean, sometimes that's a lot of people work the best when they're under pressure and they're on a time limit. That's true. Oh, I know, but I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cracked a joke in class the other day because my teacher was like, oh, the paper is going to be like 15 pages long. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be kind of hard to do the night before. <laughs> and people laugh. But it's like, I know me. It's like part of that's a joke. Part of that's reality. Yep. It's like when people talk shit, there's an underlying little bit of truth in everything people say. Yeah. Yeah. So, James, do you, uh, what's due tomorrow that you're not doing right now? <laughs> no. I made sure. <laughs> All right. First, I slept through a thing I was supposed to do at 845, but that's okay because I, I can cover that. <laughs> but then I had to do my accounting homework. I had four assignments. I'll do tomorrow. One of them, that's still undone because I was looking at it and I was like, I don't, what? Like I'm reading the problem. I don't know how to do this. But the other three, I was like, easy, easy peasy, done in like 10 minutes. Then I had a short proposal I had to write. It's going to make me sound very smart. It is on the topic of digital colonialism, specifically how Google, Microsoft, and 
Facebook are attempting to penetrate the Indian market to basically form a monopoly and get them hooked on their platforms. Wow. So that one's like the most I had to do. But then everything else is easy. I have a test tomorrow, but that's like easy. Can you hurry up and graduate? Because I'm probably going to need an accountant soon. That's the plan. (laughs) I could probably use an accountant too. Yeah, James is going to be... spend a little too much money. Twitch accountant extraordinaire. That's the, the goal I have. It's like how... At TwitchCon, they're having a panel on taxes. Nice. I want to be the guy Twitch streamers go to to figure out how to pay their taxes. That's that's perfect because I'm because a a lot of people don't know like all the rules and regulations behind it. I just don't pay them. I'll get audited eventually, but whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, when I start making money on Twitch, I'm coming to you. (laughs) I'm gonna find you. You want it? You got it. Yeah, Twitch.tv forward slash Crispy Audio. Hell yeah. Um. So, uh, what's your favorite cuss word? My favorite cuss word. Does it have to be an official cuss word or one I made up? No, it could be whatever. You stub your toe. You're mad at someone. You're whatever. Hmm. I know a lot of people don't like this word, but cunt, cunt. I love that word. It's good. It's solid. It's this, beautiful. This is an adult channel, so you're allowed to say that word. I love that word. It's great. But there's so many people that just <laughs> hate it. Yeah, like, they like, hate how, it. How could you say that? And it's like, well, <laughs> you're giving me the reaction I was kind of like looking for, so that's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, first you make a k sound, and then you make a unt sound. That's how. That's how I say it. So it's, it's not that hard. I could teach you. <laughs> If you so if, if let's say today you had the skill set to do anything, like you just woke up tomorrow and boom, you were like a pro at it, and you could just have a career in that. What would it be? I'd be an audio engineer. Yeah. Yep. Full time. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. Pretty out of the blue. Where did you think of that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just put audio and engineering together and hoped it was actually something that existed. Just pretend that each kid that you're caring for is like a musical note, and then you can just be oh. like, you could be a kid audio engineer or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It might work. I mean, hey, it's something I could try as an exercise. <laughs> Maybe actually get them to behave. <laughs> um, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? <laughs> I, I think I break that scale. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on Thirsty Thursdays, you've definitely uh, impressed me with your ability to do the most random shit that I've ever encountered. I know when Crispy shows up on Thursday, shit's going to go down, whether (laughs) whether he's doing impressions or or voice modulations or whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, I I just got a new mixer that has some pretty shitty effects on it. <laughs> give it, give us a couple. Oh shit! All right. Uh, let's see. This is probably the one I get accused of using the most, especially when I go on a game and I'm trying to like make my voice super deep. Uh, I get accused of using this. Nice. <laughs> which is insane because I never sound like this. Nice. So there's that one. Uh, is this one I think it is? Yeah, it is. 
Welcome to McDonald's. How can I take your order? <laughs> Perfect. I'll have uh, two Big Macs, please, and a large fry. That'll be $5. I'll take your order at the second window. Oh, I, love I like it. how there's just a filter for really shitty sound <laughs> Is that one? Oh, I can make it worse. It's so much worse now. Is that one just called really shitty? Is it just a knob that says really shitty? <laughs> no, it, it's uh, distortion. Yeah. Uh, Is that just straight distortion? Yes. Nice. Straight distortion. Very cool. Crispy, what are you not very good at? Talking about myself. Talking? You've, been, you've, you've done all right tonight. I'm pulling it. Out. Right. I'm pulling it out of you. Pulling it out of me. I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm okay at it. But when put under pressure, I don't do too well. Mm-hmm. At least talking about myself, because the the things I think about are super dirty. And usually, when I'm put under pressure, it's not in a place where I can say dirty things. So I have to kind of go. Uh, Feet, no. Balls, no. Dick, no. No, this is not okay. Don't say any of that. <laughs> Fuck! And I just, I lose track of everything. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm not good at talking about myself. I'm not good at making myself look good. So room, desk, and car, which do you clean first? Desk. Desk? Is that where I you clean s- my desk first. Is that where you spend most of your time? Yes, sir. If I'm not at my desk, I'm in my bed. If I'm not in my bed, I'm outside the house doing something. Or someone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had more, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it seems like uh, the vast majority of people we interview, specifically like people who are on Twitch, mm-hmm. who, who, are, uh, who spend a lot of time in front of screens, they have very clean desks. I think I think mine probably is desk as well. I don't know if I've ever answered that question myself. I've asked every guest that question. My car is not doing so hot. The room's hit and miss. Yeah. Nice. You have you have this angle on me because I don't want you seeing the rest of my room. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have the angle you have. It's like you can only see this wardrobe and the corner. You don't see the rest of the room. Yeah, exactly. You got to find a corner that you can clean out and just throw everything else everywhere else. Yeah, we used to have the the privilege of seeing James' unmade bed every stream. Uh, <laughs> he changed. He's got a new place now, so we don't get to see his. Uh... Have you ever made your bed, James? Or are you like, oh, I'm gonna sleep in it again uh, anyway? <laughs> I've made it. No, no. It's funny you say that because I remember. Right before we were straying back when I was in California, before the podcast, I just quickly, you know, picked up my blanket and then just and then tossed it over the bed, like in one swift motion. My mom came in and saw that. She was like, you made the bed? (laughs) Like, she was so happy. Like, I was like developing this habit. Because, you know, my mom's the type of person to walk into the room, spot like a crumb on the floor and be like, what the fuck is that what why is this room a mess so like to see that she was like to be a cleaner person james do you but live- yeah like i've never made my bed here nice do you do you live in fear of lechonkla <laughs> oh i definitely used to <laughs> for those who don't know lechonkla is uh spanish for the sandal 
It's a it's a weapon used in uh, <laughs> in Latin America to threaten the children mm-hmm. to stay in line. And in white America, they use wooden spoons or belts. Yeah, if belts too. If your dad really drinks a lot, my mm-hmm. mom's dad actually used his super thick leather police belt. Jesus, when he used to get pissed off at her. So that was an experience. I like discipline was all. It was a whole another time. <laughs> discipline was a sport back in the seventies and eighties. Oh, man, yeah. I was just like, how can I abuse this child in creative and unique ways? It builds character, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, James, you have any more questions for Mister Crispy? Oh, you know what? I did want to ask you about uh, your online endeavors. So I noticed. Did, so did you stream for a while and then stopped and started again or what what is your what what's your online presence I want to know a little more about that um so I've kind of been dabbling in YouTube and Twitch since I was 8 or 9 years old okay mm-hmm. and throughout this whole period of my life since then up to now I've had maybe 20 or 30 different accounts just because when I was younger, if I forgot my password, I wasn't smart enough to say I forgot my password. Mail <laughs> me a new one. Mm-hmm. So I just delete the account and make a new one. Create new accounts all the time. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they always they would last for a point that on YouTube I'd make the account, I'd record a video, I wouldn't be happy with the video, so I'd re-record it, and then I'd upload it. And then people would get pissed off at me and start talking shit in the comments. And I delete the account. I was like, I'm done with this, not doing it anymore. And then two or three months later, I do it again. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go to Twitch. When I started on Twitch, I started on Twitch maybe three, four years ago, maybe. Okay. Um, And I started off with an account called Project Diamond Craft. Nice. I was a Minecraft streamer. Yeah. All things. James knows all about Minecraft. You know, I've actually debated going back to it. I really have. Because that's actually... uh, Played the latest patch. It's not bad. No? I don't know. I started... I I moved away from Minecraft when they added the new combat system. It's like you had that charge. Like you could hit and then it had to recharge before you could attack for full damage again. Mm Mm-hmm. I moved away from Minecraft when they pulled that in because I was like, well, now I can't just spam left click. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Not as fun com- anymore. Combat used to just be like, who can left click the fastest? Exactly. <laughs> James had a macro. He'd just hold down his mouse button and it would just... <laughs> no, no, see, Jimmy, that's, that's the problem. You, you don't physically click. You bind that to your scroll wheel. Oh, and then you're just chopping like a ninja. Mm-hmm. And so... With Project Diamondcraft, I streamed a straight month consistently every day for four or five hours. I mean, even weekends. Mm-hmm. Like, I made it my goal. Like, I wanted to be a big... Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be... how much you wanted it. I could taste it. He, he digressed back to his Minecraft days. His voice started cracking. <laughs> like, I'm a kid again. Hell yeah, man. Um... 
I wanted to be a big Twitch streamer. And so I, I was super consistent. I was into it and I had a decent audience. I had maybe nine or 10 viewers a day, every stream. And I, in that month I made it up to 50 followers. So mm-hmm. to by today's standards, I would have been an affiliate. And if I had continued on, I'm sure that growth would have carried and I would be a partner by now or somewhere close to it. Yeah. But I just, for some reason, stopped. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, I, I didn't stream for one day because I was super busy. And then I just never got back into it. Mm-hmm. And so it then got to the point where a year later, I tried to stream on it again. And I got, I think, one viewer. Yeah. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? I give up. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm done with this. It's the fear. Like, yeah. Because I know for a while that happened with me and my YouTube channel. Like, I didn't upload for a few months. And then when I finally got around to recording a new video and I was like about to upload it, I'm like, but should I though? Like, what <laughs> if this isn't what they want? Like, it's been so long. Yeah. But then at some point, you just have to be like, no, no, I'm going to push through with it and do it. And then. You just live with the results. But yeah, especially when it comes to streaming. Like I remember before I met Jimmy, I dabbled in streaming a bit. And it was just so like disheartening to turn <laughs> on the stream to zero people yeah. and just talk to oh, myself yeah. for a few hours. It is. It's it's really disheartening. Nah. <clears throat> so when there's no one there, you, you could just do whatever. You don't have to worry about like <laughs> Yeah, just jerk off on camera real quick. Yeah, just drop a load. Poop a lot, rub your nipples. Eventually, yeah. eventually someone will show up. Oh, you just go look at Uncle Joe. That guy's insane. Um, I have to read this comment from chat. I don't know who Poetry Batman is, but this comment, uh, Crispy, is directed at you. It says, is mm. Crispy's Amish beard a hipster thing? Should I extrapolate from his look that he has an eclectic hobby, that hobby like unicycling or making his own artisanal chutneys? Also, I'm guessing his job is something to do with building an internet brand. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> very strange, man. That's very strange. That beard says I build barns, but beautiful, but a beautiful say says I model barns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would love to have a much more full beard. Like I actually admire Jimmy's beard. Oh, well, thank I will you. be honest, because compared mm-hmm. to mine, my little patchy thing. Compared to mine, yours is glorious. It's just age. That's all it is. Trust yeah, me. I, I shave twice a week because if I don't, it's just like patches of hairs. <laughs> good. If I want to stay cleanly shaven, I have to shave every day. Otherwise, it I just get these thick patches of just gnarly, ugh, and it just itches. It itches like hell. Yeah. And I have to deal with that for at least a week before it grows in enough to be kind of like fluffy almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't itch anymore. Otherwise, you know, what's the fucking point? Just why I just let it grow out. I grow it out and I just trim it. Yeah. So at least it looks halfway decent. That makes sense. So one last question. I saved this one for last because of your uh, musical <clears throat> and audio background. You have audio in your name, for Christ's sake. Yes. Um, is there a specific sound that when you hear it, it triggers you in some way, either negative or positive? 
like recalls a memory is there is there a sound or a a note or a chord or a you know something like that a a guitar twang or something that just triggers you when you hear it you go boop and you're in a different place metal on metal grinding yeah metal on metal grinding takes me back to when i was 11 years 12 years old i was 12 years old and I was involved in a high-speed rollover car accident. Oh, Jesus. So that, that takes me back to that. And I still have flashbacks and panic attacks to this day about that. I mean, there, there was a time just a month ago where I was driving in the middle of the night. <clears throat> I had my windows down. And I started smelling something which, in my mind, smelled like the hospital. And so it just sent me, I freaked the fuck out. I had to pull over to the side of the road and I sat there for a good 45 minutes calming down. It was not a fun experience. I would not do it again. 10 out of 10 would not do again. Wow. Hmm. That's but crazy. That. I mean, that, I mean, that's probably had a lasting effect on a lot of parts of your life of traumatic experience. How old were you? I was, a, I was 12. 12 years old. So you were, you're definitely old enough to like carry those memories with you, man. Oh yeah. Yep. Wow. I can't, that was, that was one of the worst experiences of my life by far. Wow, man. I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, If and when, if it exists, if heaven exists, and you show up at the pearly gates, and God's just chilling there, and you walk up, what would you like to hear God say? Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to hear him say, welcome, my child, but... uh. I I don't know about that one. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I've done some shit in my life I'm not proud of. Sure. You got you're only 19 though. You got a lot of time. Like repentance is a thing, right? They that that's yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, go confess. I don't know how much I believe in it. Yeah. Well, you seem like a good kid to me, Mr. Crispy Audio. From what I've heard tonight, you're doing well. I'm all right. I'm doing okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> James. So, Jimmy. Unless <laughs> unless you have any other questions for Mr. Crispy Audio here. You know what you know what it might be time for? Would it would you happen to mean some Mashif's beef? Almost. Oh, almost. But well, I, then I have no idea what's going next. But I, I decided that. But right before she, right before she beef, we usually take a break. But right before oh. that break, now is the time for James to shine with his silky, sexy ass man voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, we, I should get used to you saying this. What? No, it's going to be every different. It's going it, to be like slightly a, awkward and inappropriate every time, and you're just going to deal with it. I'm going to change it up so you don't know what's coming. Oh, man. We have a new segment that started in the last podcast called Jumbotron James. You can submit a Jumbotron James by using the Ducket system on Twitch, and he will read your message live during the podcast. We have three this week. Uh, <laughs> two of them are from our guests. They are. <laughs> which is awesome. He didn't know he was going to be a guest until, like, Monday. So. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, one, of, we, one of them is just stupid. <laughs> no, it's... There's no I remember thing. one of them, but I don't remember the other one. <laughs> you paid for it. It's not stupid. I, I don't remember what the second one was. I remember the first one because it's over 250 characters. Yeah. It is, yeah. I, I remember that one. <laughs> but I don't remember what I put in the second one. By the way, James, Lady Navio, uh, before we get into it, Lady Navio pointed out that your hair is exceptionally uh, voluminous. Voluminous. That's the yeah, word. I noticed. Not sure why. <laughs> you, it's, you, it's like when Gator Pete asks, like, oh, do I use any product? I don't. It just, it's basically, it's more of a symbiotic thing. You, know, <laughs> you woke I, up like that? It. Yeah. You know, I feed the hair, you know, I eat, I eat right. And then it just, it pays back, but <laughs> I can't tell it what to do. Nice. All right, James, now is your time. We will both shut up and you get to read these three Jumbotron <clears throat> messages from our viewers. All right. All right, here we go. These first two are from Mr. Crispy Audio. Before time began, there was the cube. We know not where it comes from, only that it holds the power to create worlds and fill them with life. That is how our race was born. For a time, we lived in harmony. But like all great power, some wanted it for goo. Because that's where it cut off. <laughs> I love that, though. Some wanted it for goo. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. And then the next one, sellout mode, twitch.tv forward slash crispy audio, the sexiest man you will lay. Oh, fuck, I ruined it. I <laughs> start it over. Start from the beginning. <laughs> I instantly skipped to the end. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's hard doing it on the first pass through. <clears throat> twitch.tv forward slash crispy audio. The sexiest man you will ever lay your eyes upon. And then the next one from Mr. Sasha Banks, probably in class, or else he'd probably be in chat right now. Somebody once told me, the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming, and they don't start coming. Fed to the rule, and that's the character limit. But he wanted to put the entire song there, because I was there when he requested this one. Oh, we do have one more. lastly, from Ninja Breadmon, Wood. Ninja Breadmon. Short, sweet, concise. Short and sweet. Ninja Breadmon spent 2,000 ducats to type the word wood. That's dedication, sir. Ninja Breadman, I commend you. He's the, oh, By the way, he's one of the first viewers that ever watched my stream. And uh, also, he's one of the few viewers that is invited to my wedding. So, just, I mean, we don't have a date yet, but eventually. 
<laughs> Eventually, whenever when, that becomes a thing. When it happens, um, Ninja Breadmon will be sitting sitting in the audience. So that was Jumbotron James. And uh, we're going to take a short, short break. Probably three to five minutes or so. And we will be back with some fresh, juicy Chiefs beef. So please stick around, guys. And uh, thank you so much for being here with our guest, Crispy Audio. It's been amazing so far, and I appreciate it. Have a have a nice break, and we'll be back in a few minutes. All right. We are back. Uh, before we get into the Chiefs beef, I did want to take another opportunity. A lot of people have showed up. So uh, I wanted to remind you that we are officially tonight announcing that the podcast is now an actual podcast. You can go to hitthebucket.com or you can look us up on iTunes or Google Play. Just search for Hit The Bucket. Uh, I know we're on a couple of the apps too. Like uh, I use Overcast and I, I searched for it and I was able to find it. So Hit The Bucket is an actual podcast. You can subscribe to it, listen to it in your car while you're taking a shit, whatever it is you do. Uh, it's a podcast, and if you feel so inclined, it would help us out a lot if you're listening to it on iTunes or Google Play or whatever platform, if you'd give us a review, if you rate it, you know, write a nice little, I really enjoyed the show, whatever, that helps us a lot to get ranked and, and, and whatever, you know, SEO or we show up on more searches if we've got reviews, so I'd appreciate it. You know, a little, little thing you could do to help out. If you, if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, give us a review. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring the guys back on, and we're going to get into some Chiefs beef. I'm going to go straight to my media view. Oh, not that video. That's the wrong video. We want this one. Look at that sexy man. For those who don't know... This part of the show is called Chief's Beef. And what we do is we watch a little video that was prepared by our friend Mashif. Twitch.tv forward slash Mashif. He's, uh, he's our resident angry old man. He doesn't like anyone on his lawn. Uh, he also doesn't like uh, bean juice on his cheesy burritos, which we have learned about him recently. So once a week, he makes a video where he gets really upset about two different things, and we decide which one is worth getting upset about. Which one is the bigger beef? Has it started yet? No, we're getting into the Chiefs beef right now. We're about to do it. Make sure you guys are unmuted. Is it? And yep. uh, when you're ready, if you've got the video up, we usually just do it on go. I'll say one, two, three, go, and we'll all hit play at the same time. We mm-hmm. have we have not watched this ahead of time. It's always a surprise, always a pleasure. This is Chief's Beef. All right, let me stop the music, and if you're ready, one, two, three, go. Welcome, Uh-oh. everyone, to another episode of Chief's Beef. We're down here at JTR HMBR Studio Network Complex Headquarters, where we are bringing you this week's hot, hot beefs. Now, here's your host. The man with the beef, Mischief. Welcome, everyone, to the ring. I'm your host, Mischief, bringing you this week's hot and spicy beefs. Let's get right into the ring and see which of the two is the biggest beef. 
of the week. First beef is Prop 65. Now, not everyone's going to know exactly what I mean by Prop 65. Prop 65 is a proposition, which in the state of California, Mm -hmm. the people said, we must rise up and defeat cancer. Anything that could cause cancer, you need to have a warning label on it. And in California's (laughs) infinite wisdom of anything, they fucking mean anything. Wow. Are you in a building room? Do you breathe? Are you outside? Do you ingest food? Guess what? Those all require a Prop 65 warning. Now, these pictures are all taken in my place of work. We recently got audited, and the Prop 65 stickers have to be on every single car, or it's a $10,000 fine per car. What? Now, we have one sign when you walk in the door, but when we got audited, they said, no, that's not enough. Y'all need more signs. People don't know that cancer could be caused by doing stuff. So now at every entrance, every break room, every coffee machine, both the vending machines, and every exit of not one but three buildings, they have a sign warning you that, hey, stuff causes cancer. (laughs) She's just taped on. (laughs) This has gone too fucking far. Recently, they said coffee causes cancer, so Starbucks has to put a warning label on the cups. We got... This at every entrance and exit of a building that you could be fined $10,000 for. I get having one on the outside if it was some like radiation facility or like some crazy thing was going on there. But this is a dealership. You're going to Starbucks. You're at McDonald's. These places aren't causing cancer. Okay. And even if they are, if all of this causes cancer, then we don't need the fucking warning labels, do we? Warning, cancer is a thing. Basically, that's all it's saying. (laughs) True. You're not able to prevent going into any facility that has this. And this is just so broad and overreaching that it's time to dial it back and cancel the whole fucking thing, okay? If everything causes cancer, then nothing does. Beef number two, restaurant spicy. Now, when I say restaurant spicy... I mean this from a gringo position. My my coworkers at work say that's white people spicy, but what I mean by restaurant spicy is Ooh, some ketchup. salt and pepper. Well, that's ketchup. Now you go to a restaurant and they say this is the spicy one. This is the one with the spice on it, man. You better watch out. You want the hot hot wings, and you order them and you eat them and you're like, fuck, this isn't even that hot. There's someone smothered ketchup, like sour ketchup, on this. That's what this tastes like. <laughs> and you know what, restaurants, you need to either man up. And, and make something that's actually spicy. I'm talking spicy like I'm sweating. I'm crying it's so spicy. Or just take it off the menu, okay? Ketchup is not spicy. I know. I had a friend whose mom thought that ketchup was too spicy for her. If that's too spicy, <laughs> stop eating. You're done. Just wither away and die because <laughs> ketchup is not spicy. And when I go to a restaurant and I order steak or Fuck, a glass of water. If something comes back that isn't what I ordered, I'm upset. But their excuse with a spicy meal is, hey, we're just trying to warn the people that can't handle the other stuff. And if you want it really spicy, well, we really can't do that. Uh, no, you you can do that. Okay, I'm at a restaurant. I want it hot. <laughs> Give me the spice. Give just me like the bean juice. Give me what I ordered. <laughs> restaurant spicy. You are the second beef of the week. <clears throat> Jimmy, James. Chat, Crispy, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this week's beefs. Tell me, what do you think? And at the very end, I will let you know if you were right. Chances are Jimmy's wrong. Just saying. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I paused at 421. 
Got you. He said, chances are Jimmy's wrong. I've been wrong like the last five times in a row, so he's probably <laughs> right. So I'm not going to go first. One of you guys can uh, can take the reins on this one. Well, you know, since we're all Californians. Bring that mic up can, a little bit. Since we're all Californians, <laughs> we can we can all pretty much relate to the Prop 65 <laughs> Because I remember coming to Vermont now. I bring that up all the time. I'm like, well, you know, pretty, going to California, you're going to get cancer. Because <laughs> it's it's like you said, it's everywhere. It is. Like you do anything. Yeah. Like the smallest thing oh, in the state of California that causes cancer. So we got to let you know. And it's just like it's everywhere. Like you... I'm pretty sure all the people going to TwitchCon this year, San Jose that haven't visited before, might actually be a bit concerned with all the warning labels saying this causes cancer in the state of California. <laughs> True. Because they don't understand how much of a joke it is. Because some stuff, it's very clearly like, okay, that's actually dangerous. But then everything else where it's like such a reach, like that's that's a pretty big problem. Agreed. Um so we were in the topic of what I do for a day job. I also at one point did, <clears throat> I also worked for a, uh, an air conditioning and wholesale, uh, retail company. Mm-hmm. And I was their warehouse manager. And so when prop 65 went into, went into effect, <clears throat> we got about, eight, 900, maybe a thousand stickers in the mail. They were like, yeah, you have to put this on everything. (laughs) Literally everything. I mean, it was like, okay, we carry an air conditioner. Okay. You have to warn them. It causes cancer. It's It's a fucking air conditioner. What is it? Why do we, why does an air conditioner cause cancer? And if it does, if it does, why do we have it in our house? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So much, so much shit just doesn't make sense. And I mean, it took literally about a week to go through and put those warning stickers on everything. Cause most of what we carried was you had to put a warning label on the box and like a mini split system, you have an outdoor unit and you have an indoor unit. So you have to put a warning label on both of them. (laughs) And there's also many splits that have, multiple zones so you have one outdoor unit and you have four indoor units that go with it so you have to put a sticker on every single one of those everything in the warehouse had a yellow sticker that said warning this causes cancer the state of california says this causes cancer and if 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 anyone from the state were to come by and say we're going to look through your warehouse any piece of merchandise that does not have a warning label, we're going to fine you $15,000. That's crazy, man. That's horrible. Red Marsh says, mm-hmm. warning, my dick causes cancer. <laughs> Spider-Man? <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh, with, the, with that one, I guess maybe I've just never worked in an industry where I've had to deal with it. I see those stickers all over the place, and it is kind of like, well, no shit. I mean, I guess, like, yeah. like, But it it never made sense to me because 
I'd see those stickers and I would just be like, okay. But it's not going to, I don't think it's ever actually done any, like, has it actually prevented anyone from doing anything? That, like, that's, because <laughs> everyone, I think when that came out, those stickers were so prevalent, like, everywhere you go that everybody, it's just like, a, you know, it's just like online advertisements. You know, we've, we talked about ads last week. Or or commercials on TV, they they're so common and like prevalent throughout all of California that you immediately just like in your mind ignore them, like you turn it mm. off. I'm and I'm talking as a consumer. Obviously, Mashif and Crispy Audio, you're talking about it from the point of view of someone like in an industry where you had to deal with that on the on the commercial side of things I'm talking about from a consumer, like walking in and out of buildings, getting in a car, you know, whatever. And you see those stickers up and you're like, okay. And like you go, you do it anyway, because you like, as soon as you see like three or four of those signs, your brain goes, yeah, well that doesn't mean shit. And it just like, it, it doesn't actually accomplish anything because it's so it's so much. It's it's too much. It's like you said. There's those stickers are literally on everything. So to me, it's no different than how my brain filters out commercials or advertisements. I don't even see them anymore. Yeah, it, it just becomes normalized. Yeah, exactly. No one really pays attention to it as much as the, the state wants them to. Right. So yeah, I could definitely see beef with that proposition because it's a whole lot of work for no real outcome. I mean, like, I <laughs> I would love to interview the guy on my podcast. If anyone out there knows someone who actually saw that sign and turned around and went back the other way, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're about to walk into Chipotle and they're like, our avocados have sh- been shown to uh, cause cancer in 10% of, and they just like, oh, well, California. I can't eat here anymore and just turn around and got back in their mm-hmm. car. Like, no, it doesn't fucking do anything. Like, it- <laughs> yeah, because in case people that aren't from California know, the whole reason things are required to do that is because if there's any link between a chemical that could cause cancer in humans, it has to be labeled as such. That's why places like Starbucks have to have it in California because when you roast coffee beans, part of the byproduct of roasting coffee beans is a chemical that has been linked. Maybe it's not a, like a perfect, like one-on-one link to cause cancer in people. So now they're required to do it. So it's basically like any time anything might be like a cousin to causing cancer to people. Now it has to be added. Ooh, cancer causing cousin. I'm going to write a song. <laughs> That's going to be my, my next song or album. Yeah. We just wrote this one uh, a couple weeks ago. Hope you guys enjoy it. It's called cancer causing cousin. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense and it really doesn't solve anything. Cause no one, I mean, when everything like exactly like you said, when everything causes cancer, nothing does. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, there are some places where you see that warning, and you're like, "Oh, that that kind of makes sense." Like, hey, this X-ray machine could possibly give you cancer because we're blasting your body with X-rays. <laughs> but everything else, you're just like, "I just want to eat a burrito." Why is this going to give me cancer? It's probably not. <laughs> Maybe that's the bigger red flag than the little sticker. You know that it probably causes cancer when the dude like doing it like puts on a vest and walks around the corner before he presses the button. 
That probably causes cancer. I, I don't see the guy at you know the car dealership or the Chipotle putting on a lead vest and walking around the corner before he serves your food. Like there are things that are much more likely to cause cancer than others. Maybe that's what they need. They need color coded stickers. Here comes another one of those million dollar Jimmy Navio ideas. The white sticker with the black text isn't doing anyone any favors. Put a red sticker on the x-ray machine and put like a yellow sticker on the Chipotle because uh, chances are, you know, there, it's, it's, it's a scale. There's probably, uh, you know, there's there's that shit up here where like you get you get a cat scan, you're probably you know thirty years from now going to get cancer from that. You eat a burrito, you're probably fine. You buy a yeah. car, you're probably fine. Maybe car you could bump it up to orange, but like mm-hmm. you know, most stuff's going to be in the yellow range. Yeah, it might have some, and then and then it gets the question is like these studies is it correlate correlation versus causation? Like you said, how strong really is that link between? Uh, the whatever cancer chemical or or exposure or whatever. Because mm-hmm. but- especially when it comes to that kind of study, the scientists they can't give people cancer. That's kind of illegal. So all they can do is watch like habits of people like over a thirty year lifespan and be like, okay, the people that did this developed cancer. Maybe it has something to do with that. But they they can't go and be like, all oh, right, we got this chemical. We're going to see if it gives people cancer. So we're going to like push it onto them. We're going to inject them with this chemical. Oh, God. Here, like, drink this. Find some low-income families. Hey, you want to support science and get paid? It's like, no, we can't do that. Aye, aye, aye. So that being said, the other one. Uh, James, I want you to talk about this one first because <sighs> I, I feel like you, I'm such a racist asshole. But with your cultural background... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is restaurant restaurant spicy? It's very hit or miss. Yeah, generally, I can tell if something's gonna be actually spicy because I'm used to it. Like I remember, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was like, "Ooh, the habanero mango like wings. Those sound pretty good." And my mom's boyfriend at the time, you know, it was a white guy. And he was like, "Oh, those are really spicy. Like, are you sure you can handle that?" And I was like. How spicy can it be? I eat it. I'm like, this isn't spicy. It's like you built up this idea that this was going to be like super hot. They have a scale. This is like up on the scale. Why isn't this spicy? But then it's like, I guess it's like palate and what you're used to. Because growing up in my household, spicy food is like the norm. Like everything's spicy. Right. I would wake up and be like, what does that smell? I walk into the kitchen. My grandma just has whole jalapenos like that big. (laughs) just on the open fire on the stove. And I'm like, oh, she's making chili or something. So we're probably going to be eating chili later or something's really spicy. So you just get used to it over time. So I don't know. Really weird. But oh, when it comes to Thai food, when a Thai person says this is spicy, take what they say and multiply it by 10. (laughs) Because they're not fucking around. I went to a Thai place one time and I was like, oh, I can handle spicy. Like, I eat spicy food all the time. That was a mistake. Something about what they do and what they cook with, it's like nothing you can imagine until a few hours later you're in the bathroom dying (laughs) because it just destroys you from the inside out. It's still really good though. 
spicy. Yeah, I, I'm with James on this one. There, there's no match to Thai food. Thai food is by far some of the spiciest food I've ever had in my life. You know, I, I went to my first Thai restaurant about a year ago. And up to that point, I had never had anything in a restaurant that actually was mildly spicy. I mean, sure, something I'd put it in my mouth, take a bite, and it'd have a kick for half a second. But other than that, there, it was almost non-existent, and I'd have to make something at home to get this sort of heat that I wanted. And so I, I get where, this, where the beef is coming from. But then I got Thai food. And they were like, oh, it's spicy. And I'm like, are you sure, though? And they're like, uh, well, I mean, to me, it's not. But to you, it might be. And I'm like, well, in that case, give me the hottest thing you got on the menu. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> you shit fire for three weeks. It was, it was actually about a week long. For about a week straight, my ass hated me. <laughs> it was not a fun experience. <laughs> I only ate about half of that meal because by the time I got halfway through it, I was dripping in sweat and I, I just, I had to go home. I had to take a cold shower. By the time I got out of the shower, I had diarrhea. So I had to get in the shower again to wash that off. And then about 30 minutes later, I had diarrhea. And that was kind of my schedule for the first two days after I ate Thai food. You learned- but that's, that was my stupid idea of saying, give me the spiciest thing you got on the menu. You you learned a whole new way to play the trumpet. Oh God! Whew. There's actually there's actually a video. There's a dude that plays the trumpet with his ass. I'm impressed. I'm not joking. Wait, let's get him on the podcast, dude. I'd love to. I think he may be dead though. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um. So my turn. I am probably here's the here's the deal with me. I enjoy spicy food, but there is genetically, chemically, physically something wrong with my body where no matter how mild the spice is, I sweat like a nun in church. Just kidding. Like a whore in church or a nun in a brothel, whichever one, you know, take your pick. I sweat immediately. I cannot eat spicy food, period. Like, not in public. I'll eat spicy food at home, and I'll just, like, it literally looks like I took a shower. <laughs> so my problem is they're like, no, it's barely spicy, and I'll order it, and then I will literally just be covered in water and, like, embarrassed in the restaurant. There was this one time specifically. My friends didn't believe me. I went out with some friends and coworkers, and we went to this restaurant, and we're sitting out on the patio in January, it's cold as balls, and there's like there's there's even these little like you know those little gas space heaters yeah. that they put outside so that people can still sit on the patio. We're like sitting there. Uh, everyone's got like sweaters and jackets on. It's still cold even with the space heaters. And I order nachos, and I noticed on the thing it said that it had uh, sliced jalapenos on them. And I was like, oh, can you uh, put those on the side? Because, like, I, you know, I, I really don't do spicy. Uh, I, the problem is I enjoy spicy food. I just get embarrassed because of how bad I sweat in public. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're like, yeah, no problem. Of course they bring it out, and they didn't put them on the side. There's, like, jalapenos on the, on the nachos. And I was like, oh, I'll just pick them off. Even just having been cooked with the jalapenos on it and like the juice touching everything else, I scooped all the jalapenos off and I just ate the nachos 
And by the time I was done, I literally – I had taken off my sweatshirt. I took off my shirt because I had an undershirt under it, and I was, like, covered in sweat. And my friends were like, oh, shit, he wasn't <laughs> joking. Like, I was – like, it was – and it was, like, probably – 50 something degrees outside like cold for california you know like it was mm-hmm. central california january and yeah. i was sweating my ass off because of the the juice that the that the nachos were cooked in not even the jalapenos themselves so i everything is spicy to me so if they even say it's even remotely spicy i'm like no nah, i don't want it <laughs> so for me there is such thing as restaurant spicy like it's it's actually a thing for me. It's I it it makes me sad because I'm missing out on a lot of yummy foods. Sometimes I'll order stuff to go from a restaurant just so I can take it home and try it and sweat. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna cleanse your body. So for me, that's a legitimate one. That's not a beef. Like I believe in restaurant spicy. I I, I can't. I'm I'm not on the same page with you, Bashif, because it's all spicy to me. So for me, the bigger beef is probably going to have to be uh, the uh, Proposition 65 or whatever because uh, yep. that one's bullshit, yeah. and it really doesn't solve anything. Everybody's already – everyone ignores those signs. I don't know anyone that would actually have their opinion swayed by that proposition. Yeah, I think I'm going to take that same position with you. Prop 65 is the bigger beef. Plus, Mashiv yeah. seems to get really upset about things that affect his personal work life. So, yep, I think uh-huh. I, th- I I think that's what he's gonna pick. He, it's gonna be a switcheroo again. If he if he fucking picks restaurant spicy, I might fire his ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you guys ready? Uh, yes, I'm yeah. at four twenty one. Right there with you. So we'll do it yep. on three. Uh, we'll do it on go. One, two, three, go. Welcome back to the beef. Did you get it? Jimmy, are you all set? You think you got it this week? James, chat, Crispy, thank you so much for your input, but now we're going to find out which is the biggest beef of the week, and it is. (laughs) Wrong. Prop 65. It's the biggest beef of the week. Now, I know it's a little hyper-local, but the problem with California is usually when something happens in California, the rest of the United States will follow, and sometimes the rest of the world will follow. And... That's in legislation or voting or like just different ideas and music and culture. So we have a little bit of an elevated responsibility. Okay. So with these fucking cancer stickers that do nothing because they're on everything. So if everything causes cancer, then we really don't know what causes cancer and you can't prevent it in any way because, hey, do you ingest everything? Do you go anywhere? Well, those are all things that could cause cancer. So we need to put a sticker on it. No. California, you need to get over this shit. We need to dial it back a little bit. Let's reel in the crazy. And that's why you're this week's Baby of the Week. Moo! What? <laughs> did, did it just say moo? Yep. It yes, it did. <laughs> moo! It sounded like you, Crispy. Oh, Jesus. We got it right. Did you see it? Chatty said, I legit hit the wrong scene on accident and didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel like refilming it. Dude, you trolled yeah. us all real hard. I thought you were about to say restaurant spicy. I was going to walk over to your house and punch you. I was like, oh dick. my God, what is this shit, dude? <laughs> no. That's awesome. Good, good stuff. Yeah, no, Prop 65 is stupid. 
It'll be yeah. That is interesting. That that point about like people coming to California for like conventions or concerts or whatever, and they're like, "Oh shit, California is mm-hmm. just cancerous." Apparently, <laughs> it's just a I giant understand. cancerous growth. I understand why people want to leave. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. The point Mashif made how like what usually when a change happens in California, the rest of the states do it, just because California has such a large population, right? Yeah. All right. Well, we are officially at the last part of our show. We got a couple little things that we've been chatting about that we've been uh, wanting to bring up at the end of the show here and talk about uh, things going on in the nerd world, in the pop cultures, in the political spectrum, all that good stuff. Number one, this just – I saw this tweet today – let's go over here – and it's happening – Look at this, guys. PlayStation tweeted, Fortnite cross-platform play starts today in open beta. PlayStation finally, finally decided, okay, I guess. And uh, we might actually someday see cross-platform multiplayer games. I I thought I might die before we ever saw it. So somebody pointed out in the comments uh, on this one, I thought it was interesting. Uh, someone was like, hey, when Microsoft was on top, they did the same exact thing. Everyone's giving PlayStation shit. But, like, I forget what game it was, but in the previous generation, PlayStation w- was like, yeah, let's do cross-platform. And because Microsoft was, like, winning the the console war at that time, they were like, nah, fuck you. We don't need that. And now mm. that PlayStation's on top, they did the same thing. So it's it's a game they're playing. It's like a flip of a switch. It's at this point they know how to do it. The technology's there. It's not hard to do. It's just these two companies being assholes to each other. So hopefully Fortnite of all games, I don't even play Fortnite. I don't care for it that much, but if it's the game that finally like allows us to all play games together across all the platforms, then I I guess I'm okay with it. Mhm. <clears throat> That's all I had to say about it. Unless you guys had anything to say about it, it's not really noteworthy or worth discussing further than that. But I yeah, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, it is a business thing. If you're on top, why should you give a reason for people to not want to switch to your platform? Right. So it makes sense. But I think a lot of that, like the the thing that swayed them was Fortnite. So many people were like, wait, so because I linked it one time, I've like ruined myself on playing it anywhere else. It's like. Now those people probably would like to leave because instead of being trapped to just PlayStation, they can do it on anywhere else. And Ninja Breadmon said, "Also, what are we going to do about the aim assist with consoles? But it won't be on PC. Yeah, they have to have aim assist because controllers suck dick compared to keyboard and mouse for first person shooters, at least. Yeah, for for, yeah. for first and third person shooters, a yeah. keyboard and mouse is just superior. When you can snap around one eighty and pop someone in the head with a mouse, you can't do that. I mean, unless you turn your sensitive sensitivity on your controller way up, and then you're not going to be able to hit anything. Like mm-hmm. there's keyboard and mouse is just superior in in that aspect i I don't think it's even an issue plus so much of that game doesn't really have to do with aim per se like there's so many other mechanics that are important that kind of even the odds like you know being able to build defenses and finding items and knowing how to use your items effectively like aim is only a small part of fortnite 
So you, you, there might be a slight edge on one or the other, but if you if you have solid mechanics, you'll probably do well on either one. So I, I like mm-hmm. that. I think that's why it's a good candidate for cross platform. Just like games like Rocket League, like there there's no real edge on on one controller or the other. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe slightly, but yeah. And it, and it's funny you bring up the edge because I know my brother. He plays Fortnite on PlayStation, and he went out and bought a keyboard and mouse just so he can play on PlayStation with a keyboard and mouse to have an edge. Yeah, I remember. And I was like, I was like, look, kid, this is not going to make you better at Fortnite. Yeah, I had You're a playing f- on a TV screen. It's <laughs> already like a forty millisecond delay. Yeah, I I was gonna say I had a friend in the early uh, like back in the early Xbox Call of Duty days. Before, like, keyboard and mice was directly supported by consoles, there was an adapter you could buy that would emulate, uh, you could plug in a keyboard and mouse and it would emulate a controller just so that he could just, like, wreck face (laughs) on the console. Because, like, unless you had one of the, like, there was a select few who bought the adapter and would just play Call of Duty with a keyboard and mouse when everyone else has a controller. So yeah, it's happening cross platform. Yay. I I hope this means more games do it. It would be awesome if uh, you know, there's lots of really great games out there that it'd be fun if everyone could just play together. Oh yeah. Cuz I've got I've got like a pocket of friends who play they all play oh, we all play Destiny on this platform or we all play this on that platform or whatever and it's just like I just let's all like can we all just play? That'd be cool. Mhm. Agreed. Uh, Mm -hmm. This next topic was actually one that uh, Crispy Audio brought to my attention. I had no idea about this. So you guys are going to have to fill me in a little bit on this one. I didn't have time uh, to read the whole article. But uh, Sirius XM is going to – is it already a done deal? Um, Kind of. It's It's all kind of in the plans. It's They're supposed to buy them. For, I think it's three point five billion. Yeah, I've yeah. got the article up here. Sirius XM to buy internet radio pioneer Pandora in a three point five billion dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of so, small money. Yeah, the article says it's supposed to close in early two thousand and nineteen. Mm-hmm. So coming very soon, coming very soon, you'll have Pandora and Sirius XM people calling you for radio in your car. <laughs> That was one of the beefs. Wasn't Sirius XM a beef on a previous episode? Was, I think it may have been. Yeah, because he works in the car industry. And, they, you know, when you sell a car, they have this thing where you can, like, hey, do you want a month of Sirius XM for free? And then if you do it, then the Sirius XM, like, calls you incessantly, constantly. Like, hey, are you sure you don't want to renew your – it's only it's only $30 a month or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like when I when I can get radio for free on AM and FM, I'm not going to pay for radio. Well, it's not even AM and FM. It's everyone's got a smartphone too. Like you know, yeah. there's there's iHeartRadio. If you you know, if if anyone's familiar with that, it's pretty uh, well known in my area where you can just yeah. like hundreds of radio stations on your phone for free. Essentially, <laughs> you know, yep. mo- uh, I pay for uh, I use Spotify for almost everything. So if, do I'm, I. if I'm not listening to yes, Spotify, no. I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to, you know, whatever's on the radio. If I, if my phone's dead or something, 
Like I, the the ecosystem just really doesn't have a place for Sirius XM, I guess. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Pandora. For now, they said they're not really going to change anything, but I don't know. I, I I don't know what they're hoping to accomplish other than destroying another platform. Yeah, and it's funny too because like ever since Spotify started coming around, I've been hearing less and less of Pandora as well. Right. Just like. Like after I saw this article, I even thought about like, wait, do people even still use Pandora? Because <laughs> it's like I've never hear it brought up. I still have it. I actually have a cracked version of it. Mm-hmm. I have a version of it that if I like a song on the radio, it just automatically downloads it to my phone. There you go. Yeah, I, I the uh, Pandora was an immediate turnoff for me because I'm a control freak. And when I first, you know, back in the day when Pandora was first a thing, uh, I uh, tried it and I tried to look up a song and play the song. And I was like, oh, no, you don't like it'll play one song by the artist and then it'll start a radio station for that artist. And I was like, no, but I want to I just want to listen to more songs by that artist (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it was a radio station centric thing. And I think that's where Spotify like filled the gap is because they let you even on the free version you could still on the pc free version you could still like listen to specific songs yeah Yeah. and you could still put together a playlist right exactly you could then listen to on your phone what was the what was the one that was big for a while in between the two it's it had shark in the name was it audio shark or uh, something shark I used the shit out of that, and I, I knew exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and it it lets you do a lot of the same stuff that Spotify did, except it wasn't completely legit. <laughs> like I don't think they had yeah. the licensing for all the music that was on it. It's like, don't worry about it. Uh, We're the third party here. Ah, uh, Sound Shark or Audio Shark or it, it had Shark in the name. I thought, but I, I used that one a lot until uh, until Spotify came out. Once Spotify came out, and I saw the value in it. I was a college student at the time, and so it was five bucks a month, and I, I mm-hmm. haven't, I haven't stopped my subscription since, just because it's, it's, I, it's probably saved me a significant amount of money in the long run. Oh yeah, just because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't pay for music anymore. <laughs> you know, I know that yeah. I can go to Spotify and search for it, and it's going to be there, unless it's like someone who's holding out still, like Taylor Swift or some shit, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the most part, most of the music that I would want, I mean, eventually, you know, I think uh, didn't the Beatles eventually come around and, you know, a lot of the there were there were a few holdouts, but now Spotify has pretty much almost anything that I would want. Yeah. Uh, When I was young, if we're talking about shady music sites, uh, back when I was nine or ten, I got my first laptop and (laughs) This was before I knew about Spotify or before it was a thing. I don't know when it came out, but I was using a website called LimeWire. Yeah. (laughs) I was well aware of this one. (laughs) I had so much music on that. Yep. And then I stopped listening to it for like a month. And in that month, they decided to take it down and they got sued and all that stuff. Right. And when I went back, I was like, where's all my music? Everything's gone. What do I do? And so I started looking for other other websites, and that's when I started getting into Pandora and Spotify. 
Yeah, I, it, I, it was definitely a timing thing. There was no one doing what Spotify did in the way that they did it. Like, they did it legit, you know? Because yeah. like I said, there was, you know, I wish I could remember that. I think it was Audio Shark. It was something like that. Like, they were trying to do it, but they they didn't have the licensing, and it wasn't as organized, and it wasn't as reliable. It was like a web-based thing. And then, yeah, Spotify just came out of nowhere and was like, oh, yeah, no, we just have uh, we have all the shit, and you're going to use us now. Mm-hmm. So, plus I used, uh, what's the other one? Uh, is it Bandcamp? Sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah. I use Bandcamp a lot too because a lot of the music I I listen to is by smaller artists, and mm-hmm. you know Bandcamp has a cool system where it's like a tiered thing. Like some bands, they let you like you could download it for free, or you could choose your price, and they had like or they had different tiers of like oh if you pay this much you get the vinyl or whatever. So I I actually like discovered a lot of bands just by you know exploring just using Bandcamp, and they have their own app and stuff too. That's it's a fun place to support a lot of smaller artists. Um, but yeah, spot. No, I, this whole deal going, coming, bringing it back around. I don't think, I don't know. I don't see the point. I, 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 I really don't know what serious XM has to gain other than killing a competitor. I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't even realize serious XM was still around. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. It's like, I thought they died a while ago. Like I, I think the last thing I saw was their stock was just taking a dive bomb. And they were just set to go bankrupt and be done. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It'll be... I. For all those people who actually did use and enjoy Pandora, I hope it doesn't ruin the experience for them. I hope they don't start getting fucking calls from SiriusXM sales reps being like, are you sure you don't want to upgrade to Pandora Premium and you'll have access to all the SiriusXM radio shows? <laughs> I think a big part of it too is I think podcasts kind of killed uh, Sirius XM as well because yeah. a, a lot of Sirius XM's content was uh, like talk shows. You mm-hmm. know, uh, that's where Howard Stern went. Like he had an exclusive deal with Sirius XM. Yep, and that's where he did his show because he was, you know, he was always a little bit risque for standard radio. Uh, and eventually he cut a deal with Sirius XM and he moved there exclusively. And there was a lot of other talk show type shows that went to Sirius XM. But then shortly after that, you know, podcasts exploded. And so, you know, when, when people can just pull out their iPhone and subscribe to a podcast for free and have hundreds of hours of talk shows and audio for free, like why would I pay X amount a month for Sirius XM when – there's infinite amounts of free content out there. Very uh-huh. true. So, so I don't know. I, I, I think Sirius XM is just doing whatever they can to remain relevant, but I don't know if it's really going to pay off for them or not. Yeah. We shall see. I hey. actually went, Go ahead. I actually went through a kick at, uh, about a, about a year ago where I just decided I was going to start investing and I was just going to start buying stock for companies, whatever I thought was going to be big. And then I saw Sirius and I was like, ah, do I want to? Hard... <laughs> it's like they're, they're still around after this long of doing shit. Right. How bad can it be? But then I checked it through, regularly throughout like a month and they just continually were dropping. So I was like, eh, nah, I'm good. I think I'll steer away from that. 
Mm-hmm. You, you dodged a bullet, sir. Mm-hmm. Investing, it's a, it's a long-term gain. Game. So you don't really want to like look at something like seriously and be like, will they still be around in five years, ten years? <laughs> will they still be around in two years? Next year? Because I know <laughs> it's actually funny. First semester I got to college, I was like, you know what? I want to know how to buy a stock. So I went in through my bank, got a brokerage account, and I was like, cool, I'm going to buy this stock. I bought some shares of AMD. Nice. Two years later, finally see some gains. <laughs> of nothing for two years. Yeah. Now I tripled my investment. Nice. Damn. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it's the right move or not, but hopefully it doesn't ruin Pandora for the people that enjoyed it. I know, uh, Lady Navio used to use Pandora quite a bit. I think I, w- mm-hmm. I think I converted her to Spotify though. I don't remember, but at one point I was telling her about Spotify or she checked it out for herself and she made the switch, but I don't know. I know, I know there are people, my mom, my mom still uses Pandora. I think so. Hopefully she doesn't start getting robo calls from Sirius XM at two in the morning. Yeah. So James, Jimmy, you're up, dude. I am. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play a short clip here. Oh, all right, I re- I understand now. And then you're gonna explain to us the whole peachette phenomenon. <laughs> oh no, this might get muted from the uh, this. We, I don't know if we're gonna get in copyright trouble for this. I'm gonna play. Uh, this is a Pro ZD clip. We have to play it. So if you're here live, you'll get to experience it. If we can make it work in the uh, YouTube video, <laughs> Red Marsh said, "Do you mean Bowsette?" Yes. Watch the video. And then, here we go. Let's do another Wii U game port to Switch. Yeah, what was that stupid game, man? My Mario U? New Super Mario Bros. U? Yeah, whatever that one. But uh, we gotta add some shit. How about uh, we take uh, that, that pink mushroom thing? Toadette? And she can uh, turn into Peach. Call it a Peachette. That sounds fun, right? Okay, yeah, sure. What the fuck is that? It's the internet made it fucky alarm, sir. What? How'd they make it fucky? It's a pink mushroom. <laughs> no, you see, the, the power-up she gets when she turns into Peach, uh-huh. now they're doing fan art. Always with the fan art. Of Bowser getting that power-up. And how is that fuck... Oh, that's real fucking... They're calling her Bowsette. <laughs> of course they are. They're just going to town, sir. Is it Jane Trump one? Although, technically, it should be called Peach Bowser. What? Because it's Bowser turning into Peach. Get the fuck out of here! I'm just saying. You are part of the problem! <laughs> I love that part at the end. That's why Red Marsh's comment made me laugh. You are part of the problem. <laughs> so what is it all about, James? What are we dealing with? Alright, so he touched Prozidi touches on this in the video just a bit. So there was the Wii U, as we all know, didn't do too well. It was a very niche Nintendo console, you know, it didn't sell a whole lot, didn't have a lot of games for it. But a game it did have was the new Super Mario Brothers U, which just a Mario Brothers game, but for the Wii U. Right. So they announced that they're porting it to the Switch, and part of the part of the port and what that they showed off was Toadette, there is now a mushroom with a crown on it. And instead of eating it and like making Mario and Luigi grow like gargantuan, like giants, it turned Toadette into a peach version of Toadette, Peachette. And then people, for some reason, decided, well, if it turns Toad, in a, if it turns Toadette and a Peachette, if we give it to Bowser, does Bowser become a Peach clone? 
and then they immediately made porn. And it was like wildfire. It was everywhere. It was all over my Twitter, every not safe for work channel. Yeah, it was all over my Twitter. It it was crazy. It was everywhere. I'm trying to find this comment right here is my favorite. These these two comments. It says, "Where would one find this these fucky images?" You know, so I can block him. And then right after that, he, he posted the subreddit link to slash r slash Bowsette. And he's like, not safe for work as fuck. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have not clicked on that link yet because I found out about this while I was at work. So after the podcast tonight, I'm going to click on that link. I'm going to learn all about it. It's basically the subreddit absolutely filled with nothing. But Bowsette. Bowsette. The future is weird, man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I, I, I'm so tempted. Look, I'll hover. Uh, 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 that's a Twitch ban right there for sure. And then you, oh, forget yeah. you have the uh, Reddit <clears throat> extension suite, and then it shows the image. <laughs> <laughs> did it? It didn't show an image, did it? No. no. Okay. Woo-hoo-hoo. That was risky. That was a risky hover. Not even a risky click. That was a risky hover. Uh, but James Oops. did point something out. He sent this link from their Twitter. Uh, the <laughs> the timing is is quite suspect. That uh, when his video came out and the whole Bowsette thing happened, uh, Nintendo stock went up. What? How how much did you say? Should say in that tweet. Let me bring it up myself. Point one three percent. Uh, I don't know where it went. Oh, here we go. Clicking the link. So, and it opens in the fucking Twitter thing. Oh, yeah, that whole Discord thing. That's super annoying. We'll bring that up in a bit. We'll bring that up right after it. But, yeah. So, it, yeah, it blew up a whole $2, yeah. which doesn't seem like a lot. But when you own, like, a 1,000 shares in Nintendo, you r- probably want to know why you're suddenly worth $2,000 more. <laughs> uh, because the internet. And rule 34 or something, 43 or something. This next topic was also brought to my attention by Mr. Crispy Audio. And I did read about this a couple of times. I did want to discuss it, but I didn't, I didn't know as much detail. And I know that some of it was alleged. I don't know how much of it was confirmed. But there was reports that Ticketmaster actually had their own, like, scalping network, essentially, right? Yes, sir. Do you want to explain what exact? I, I don't. I, I don't. I really don't know too much about this, other than they were exploiting their own systems for gain. Yeah, essentially, from from what I understood, um, if you're going through the ticket purchasing process, mm-hmm. the tickets first come out from Ticketmaster, and you can buy them from Ticketmaster. And essentially, what they were doing was a bot would come along and buy the tickets from Ticketmaster and they would make a profit. Ticketmaster would take a portion of those profits. And now Ticketmaster also owns and runs a resale site for tickets. And so those bots that bought from Ticketmaster originally go to resell on the resale site and whatever profits are made on the resale site, Ticketmaster takes a portion of those as well which this would not be a huge deal. But on paper, Ticketmaster is technically, legally supposed to prevent 
scalpers or prevent exactly what they're doing. Right. And so everyone's getting kind of pissed off that their, their whole defense about it is, well, Ticketmaster is not technically a part of it. It's owned and run by somebody else, but it's still linked to Ticketmaster. They're still very close entities that run by basically the same people. Right. But without the ties to Ticketmaster, they have a different terms of use policy and all that stuff. So now on paper, Ticketmaster's not doing anything wrong. But in all reality, what it looks like is that they're making two profits off of one ticket. Mm. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, I mean, I never liked Ticketmaster in the first place, man. That site, like, even just buying tickets from them, you pay, like, $20 in service fees every time you try and buy a fucking ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the yeah, because ex- I, I would see the uh, that come up on Reddit all the time. It's like, why are the, the processing fees and service fees so expensive? It's because Ticketmaster's like, we'll, we'll be the bad guy. If a venue wants to earn more money, we'll just lop it into our service fees. But then you see this, and you're like, you are the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not acting like the bad guy. No, you are the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shitty, man. I uh, I don't understand why there hasn't been more like direct competition in that spectrum. I I mean, it's really just like a database. I mean, I get it's. I guess it's one of those things where they were the first ones to the game, so everyone uses them now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of I know a lot of like comedians and and medium like a lot of artists have have resorted to like directly selling tickets through their website or uh um finding other ways around using these monolith services just because you know they're fans that want to come see a show for a ticket that should be you know fifteen twenty dollars for a comedy show have to go on these platforms and buy them for like seventy dollars because they're sold out before anyone else can buy them. Yeah, I know. Like for example, uh, you know, I know I bring them up a lot, but uh, it's only because I I listen to them. <laughs> uh, your mom's house podcast. What they do, and other podcast. There's a few podcasts I listen to. What they do is they announce a specific website with a specific like code that you use. So if you go to this website and you put in the code, then you can buy the tickets like a week before they go on sale through the normal channels. And the only way, the only place they they announce those codes is on the podcast, so that like it kind of increases the odds of people who actually listen to the show and pay attention to get the tickets first, just because they're trying to find ways to fight this because right. it's such an issue because they want their fans to be at their shows. Like it, it sucks for the artists and the fans, and like the artists don't want fans to pay twice as much for the tickets, like. No, they they don't benefit from it either. They're not getting any of those additional profits. That's all going to the scalpers and like you know StubHub and all these fucking vivid seats and all these third party reseller ticket sites are making all the money. And then we find out that Ticketmaster is their own third party reseller, and it's just mm-hmm. like it feels disgusting. And nobody wins except for a few executives. Yeah, <clears throat> that's one of the biggest things though, is. I don't think it would be as big of a deal as it is if ticket prices weren't driven up as high as they are. Right. You know, because Ticketmaster is making this amount of money and they're essentially being sold twice, 
the price of tickets is being driven up, but these some of these third-party websites are also saying if you want a seat next to another seat, so if you're going with a friend, it's going to cost you more. Right. You know, you're going to have to pay an extra $20 for both tickets just if you want to sit next to your buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah, any any possible way they can nickel and dime you, they will. Oh, yeah. And I just want to go see my favorite bands. <laughs> Makes me sad. But hopefully, it looks like Canada was the first. Uh, it says CBC and Toronto Star reporting. I know. I know a lot of this came out of like specifically some some Canadian reporting groups or whatever kind of exposed this. So hopefully. There will be some type of something reaction to it. Laws, who knows? In the current ecosystem, probably not. But I hope that someday either a competitor comes along and and does it better and more honestly, or something. Because right now, it's it's a gnarly mess, and a lot of fans are missing out on seeing their favorite artists because they can't afford to pay four times the face value for a ticket to the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, did, did you guys know that there's a website that tracks all of the games that are banned on steam? Really? Uh, I do, Jimmy. I did. You, were, you shared <laughs> it with me. I, d- I didn't know about this. I'll actually share the link in chat. It's a pretty large list, too, and there was some really fun stuff on it. There's really nothing to report about this other than it's funny. Like, if you just scroll through the list, there's a game called Boobs Battleground. Uh, this is the battle royale I wanted. There's Putin 2018. Uh, let's see. There was some other good ones. What was the, the one I posted in chat? It was like ISIS Simulator. Yeah. There's there's some really great ones in here. It's fun to just scroll through this list. It's updated pretty regularly, but there's a lot of... Oh, this game's just called Big Dick. <laughs> there you go. This game's just called Hentai. There's another one called Hentai Exposed. I wonder why these games were banned. In the new ecosystem, maybe they wouldn't have been. There's one called Boobs Puzzle. I mean, Damn there's it. some there's some quality content here. I'm not really sure why. Uh... Oh no, they banned knife battles. What? <laughs> Kim and, and prostitute. Twitch? Ooh, hentai sisters. Ooh, hentai 2048. I would have played that game. <laughs> there's a giant list of achievement hunter games. <laughs> Russian. Wow. Russian peace duck. I like all the Russian and Putin ones. Those are those are pretty fun. So many, so many interesting titles we'll never get to play because Steam just wasn't open-minded enough. Putin, Trump, and Xin Jinping. <laughs> Uh-oh, Suicide Simulator. Turn back. Oh. Putin, boobs, and Trump. Yes. Oh, here's one. Kim and Prostitute, and the picture looks like Kim Jong-un. It's just Kim called and Kim Pro- and Prostitute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so great, dude. This list is gold. I want someone to take this list and and finish these games. <laughs> I want to play these games. 
Anyway, I really oh wait, there's there's gay battlegrounds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Suicide Simulator. Uh, why would they ban gay battlegrounds? They're just trying to represent an underrepresented demographic. I mean, that probably could have been a good game. True. Why you gotta hate just because it says gay battlegrounds? Boycott Steam. Unless I mean, unless the game is literally just you chase people around, slap slapping them with your dick. But <laughs> I mean, you know, what's it called is still on there. Uh, the penis game. Uh, genital jousting. Yeah, genital jousting is not banned. That That's is much more tasteful, Jimmy. No, wait, wait, you're literally ramming dicks into other dicks' asses. No, there's story to it. <laughs> <laughs> is there really a plot to that game? There is a fully length campaign. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a little biased. That's all I'm saying. I want to play Gay Battlegrounds. <laughs> I'm interested, man. I want to see Thirsty what, Thursday. I want to see what it's about. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to contact these developers and let them know we want to feature it on our stream. We'll have to do it on Mixer though, because no one pays attention to Mixer. Triggering simulator. <laughs> oh, there's ISIS simulator. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a fun list. I posted the link in chat. Uh, it'll be. I'll, maybe we'll put it in the YouTube description. <laughs> Moving on, uh, this one should please Lady Navio because it meets both of our interests. I, I you know, I have a passion for thi- all things music, mm-hmm. and she has a passion for all things murder. Oh, okay. All she put on some flags. She, uh, it does. I saw. I ever since she she started listening to this podcast, it's all about murder. I forget what it's called, but they their their fans call themselves the Murderinos, and they have a very. Uh, they have a that very a shitty Twitch group. <laughs> no, it's it's like the Cripperinos. It's a really popular podcast. It's two females, and each week they talk about some crazy like serial killer or murder story or like murder mystery, and they're all most of them are like true, like true stories. And uh Lady Navio started listening to that, and then she started getting really into uh Oh, it's called My Favorite Murder. Yes, that is the one. It's a podcast called My Favorite Murder. And uh, (laughs) she got really into that show, and then it started trickling into her Netflix viewing and everything else. And, like, you know, we share the same Netflix, and so I'll go on there, and it's like, because you watched Murder, Death, Stabby Kill, you might enjoy these other shows. And it's all just, like, murder documentaries and shows so yeah i'm i'm a little bit terrified um i'm if if one day you know if a couple weeks go by and you don't see a stream from me and there's no podcasts or updates uh you should probably call the police because i'm pretty sure she's studying up i'm not sure uh (laughs) murder death stabby kill episode two yes exactly Mm-hmm. Uh, but one day, oh, you know, Jimmy, did you know you can dissolve a, a full human body in the bathroom in the bathtub using just a few household chemicals? <laughs> Breaking I, bad. Yeah, I didn't know that. You want to try it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, seriousness, I'm send help, please. <laughs> No, but this show looks cool. So basically what it is is uh, – I don't know if it has a name yet. 
Uh, but the premise of the show is that there, it's a murder mystery show, but it's based around all of the mysterious deaths in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, there's, I guess there's a lot of mystery surrounding Bob Marley's death. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there's some names here, the murder of Sam cook and run DMC's J master J they're like, there's a whole, so apparently there's a lot of mystery around a lot of like famous musicians deaths. So the premise of the show is essentially that just to like investigate and dive deep into some of those stories and see if they can, you know, shed some light or find some, you know, a lot of those shows. The problem is they're they don't pick sides. They they like present both sides of the story and they're like, what do you think happened? And it just drives me crazy because <laughs> there's no there's no conclusion to it. It's like, well, this could have happened. But then this happened that counteracts that evidence, and then this happened. And so the whole show is just like a big cluster of like you never actually finding out whether they did it or not. And so they're they're kind of frustrating for me personally. I like I like resolution. I like to know that you know, either he did it or he didn't. And they're like, oh, well, the jury's still out. Drives me crazy. Give the damn story an end. Yeah, exactly. I like a happy ending. Or or a sad ending. I like an ending. Well, I mean, if you want a happy ending, there's plenty of Asian massage parlors out there for you. <laughs> That's true, especially in California. I feel like they're everywhere. Dude, there's at you least the five is. of them in my town. At least the trick five. Is that they're not licensed masseurs? That's where you know where to go. Masseurs. <laughs> masseurs. I uh, I've never been to one. I've only been to licensed places. But I heard uh, I heard good things. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm actually. Just, I'm just saying, you probably don't want to get some sexual service from inside a shady massage shop. I, mean, as long, I want that experience. <laughs> as long as they wash their hands, right? Yeah, man, it gets rid of all the HIV, <laughs> the herpes in between sessions. I mean, I it is I'm I, I don't know HPV gets rid of all of it. You just use some warm water and soap. Yeah. No problem. Done deal. Also, uh, you know, Telltale's closing. Yeah. Can't say I'm disappointed. I I don't know. I have mixed feelings because I really did enjoy the first chapter of many of their games. Uh And I say the first chapter because their business model was dog shit. There's Mm -hmm. a reason that, you know, when, when... you can't charge fifteen well, twenty dollars for each episode of your game. Like, could you imagine if that happened with television? Like, if HBO was like, "Oh yeah, every episode of Game of Thrones is going to cost you, you know, ten or twenty dollars." Oh, you want to know what happens next? Now you got to pay another ten or twenty dollars. Like, because they're they're more cinematic than they are gaming experiences. Like, they're they're mostly quick time event, like cinematic. Uh, choice experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can't, you, like, I really, I, I, I mean it. I, I played maybe five, six different Telltale games. I played the first chapter because they give it away for free. Yeah, to, to hopefully hook you in. Right. I'm, but there's no way that, and then you go to the site and you see the list of all the chapters, and it's like twenty bucks, twenty bucks, ten bucks. Oh, this one's on sale for five, and it's like. 
it's not it's just not worth it no yeah the biggest issue i had with the games was that they they always touted the decisions you make matter yeah and then they never did it's like oh this person will remember this and then it changes like a minor detail like towards the end but then ultimately the outcome is always the same right yeah no it definitely wasn't it, it none of their games were it wasn't it wasn't it, there weren't no detroit let's put it that way yeah i mean the the decision aspect of it like you said, maybe changed a couple minor things, but the narrative ultimately really didn't change that much. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bummer. I, I actually, the one game that I was looking forward to that I actually might have actually paid for was uh stranger things. They were working on a stranger things adaption. Mm-hmm. So I haven't actually watched stranger things. What? It's a good, I show. haven't. It's a good, is show. it that good? Should I get into it? I enjoy it. I mean, it it definitely keeps you guessing a bit. We talked about this last episode. Uh, it's it's a really good mix of like comedy, action, adventure, drama. It kind of hits all those points pretty well, and the mm-hmm. the cast is solid. Uh, it's not too predictable. It's it's a really enjoyable show. I I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Season two, I was kind of like. Eh. Season two wasn't going with this, but you know, it's still very entertaining. Season one was definitely like the strongest. Season one was top quality television. I guess you can't even say television anymore. Top quality streaming content (laughs) (laughs) on whatever device you choose. Netflix original. Yeah. But I think that right now, probably one of the better shows and this is very subjective but i kind of i don't know if i mentioned this last week we just started watching the show maniac on netflix i don't know if you've heard about it i haven't it's a netflix i also don't have netflix so there's that. it's a netflix mini series uh and it's got uh what's the dude's name from uh breaking bad uh the one who drew all the dicks. What's that actor's name? I, I'll, I'll, it'll come to me. Maybe I'll have to Google it here real quick. Let me just Google uh, actor that drew a bunch of dicks in Breaking Bad. Not Breaking Bad. Sorry, the wrong mo- uh, I Wrong show. Uh, I am drawing a blank. No, not Breaking Bad. The other one, Super Bad. Yeah, the other word, Super oh. Bad. What's the dude's another, name another that drew one all the dicks in Super Bad? Seth something. I'm gonna look it up. I gotta know, cause he. What's the actor's name? Super Bad Dick Drawer. <laughs> we will Jonah Hill. Oh, as, oh yeah. Okay. No, he played Seth in the show. He was Seth. That's what threw me off because in the show his name was Seth. Um, Jonah Hill, credit to him. I know he hates when everyone brings up his weight, but he's he lost a ton of weight. Like, he did, yeah. and he looks great in this show. Uh, it's an insane show. Anyone watch Maniac? That's exactly what we're talking about. 
Yes. The show Maniac is this crazy mind fuck of a show. And if you haven't checked it out, if you have Netflix, definitely give it a look. It starts off a little bit slow, but it's weird. Like it, it, there, you have no idea how to predict what's going to happen next. It's pretty insane. I highly recommend it. Anyway, crispy audio. <clears throat> you, sir, for those who don't know, we're probably going to call it a night soon, but I, I wanted to point something out. Crispy Audio, uh, without you, I would not have a podcast on iTunes right now. Mm-hmm. He has been a huge supporter. He hasn't even been around in our community as long as a lot of other people, but... I really do want to say thank you and that I appreciate all of your love and support and hanging out and just the donations. Uh, you, you've you made a lot of my goals and dreams possible through your continued support, and uh, it means a lot to me. And anyone out there uh, who isn't already following uh, Crispy Audio on Twitch, you're going to be streaming more, right? I am actually going to try to start doing it on a daily basis starting tomorrow. Well, there you go. Tomorrow. You heard it here first, folks. Go follow Crispy Audio. Show him some love and support because he has shown us here at the Hit the Bucket podcast. And uh, in my channel personally, he's been an awesome, awesome uh, member of our community. He hangs out on Thirsty Thursdays. He's always fun, always uh, upbeat. And we appreciate you, man. And I'm, I'm, I really, he, I literally, I was joking one day, you know, we were talking about the podcast and stuff. And, uh, I was like, when are you going to be a guest on the podcast? He's like, man, I don't even have a webcam. And like, I was just like, we'll fucking buy one. <laughs> and like that day, he's like, I just bought one on Amazon. So like, <laughs> I, it, it's awesome. And I, and I, <laughs> he's our Santa Claus. Lady Navio showing her love and support in the chat. Sugar daddy is the term I prefer. Yeah. He's, he's my sugar daddy. Lady Navio, find your own. <laughs> he's mine you can't have him it's like uh, every twitch streamer <clears throat> wants one and now you do right so thank you it means a lot to me and uh i'm glad that you were able to uh pick up a webcam and join us tonight and i hope you stick around our community we'll definitely be visiting you over at your stream he also has a uh a twitter uh when this goes up on youtube we'll have all those links for you guys so you can go show him some love and uh, James, thank you as well as always. Sounds like you're busy these days. Now you got another gig oh. editing videos and shit. So hopefully you can t- stay on top of things. You're not allowed to I give sure up your so. co-host position. Oh, I won't. Luckily, it's since this starts at 9 p.m. Like literally nothing I could ever plan is also going to be at this time slot. So I'm always good. True. It's a good thing you're not a musician then, because <laughs> mm-hmm, that's. Which is funny because in the area I go to go to school, Burlington, it's a very very music heavy like place. Lots of like small yeah. concerts happen all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> but not James. He's got he's got the internet to conquer. I stay indoors. Hit the books. <laughs> hit the books and hit the bucket. I uh, got my cost accounting, tenth edition. Oh jeez! Nice. Are we doing show and tell now? <laughs> oh, yeah, Crispy Audio. You're going to play us a little ditty on your trumpet? Do you have a trumpet? Oh, no. I, oh, I, yeah, I you said you it's in the it's shop. In, it's in the shop. Yeah, ah. we're making it Frankenstein. What does that mean? So, essentially, 
that's a term some horn players will use. Uh, when a horn gets goes Frankenstein, it's essentially it keeps some of its parts, but you pick and choose from other horns that are just kind of there for scrap and parts, and you pull. You know, I say I want I want the bell off of that horn. I want the lead pipe off of that horn. I want uh, I want the valves off of that horn. I want the valve casings off of that horn. And it's just pulling, you know, 20, 30 different horns into one that's going to play exactly how you want it to play. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That sounds dangerous. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, it feels so good. Oh, man, I need a, I need a, um, a flugelhorn for that one. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> Lady Navio said sounds dirty. <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll have to have you back sometime once your trumpet is done and you can show off your skills. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a uh, an internet video collaboration because now I've got the launcher who plays guitar and you got a trumpet. So I'll I'll lay down I'll lay down the uh, the tick. I'll give you guys a drum beat and then I'll pass it off to uh you or launcher to lay down the the guitar and trumpet. Anyone out there bassist who wants to be on the podcast? We uh we're taking auditions from here on out. James is our go-go dancer. And uh <laughs> I already look good. The the uh, outfit is in the mail, James. Uh I'm having it shipped directly to you. So <laughs> shake that ass exactly yeah oh by the way uh one last thing i am officially going to TwitchCon. it starts october 26th through the 28th james is also officially going he bought a plane ticket to fly out to california we're both going to be sleeping on my friend uh evan's floor or couch or both at the same time probably uh you know maybe maybe on the couch at the same time i don't know oh little spoon. <laughs> we'll take some spoon selfies. Um, make Lady Navio jealous. But we're going to be there for all three days. So if any of you guys are going out to TwitchCon, uh, hit me up. Hit up my Twitter. Hit up my DMs. And we'll coordinate some meetups or something. And we'll have some fun and and uh, check out all the different... I'm I'm excited for a couple of the panels. I don't know if you've looked at the list of... Uh, oh, yeah. Of- going to hit up that tax panel. <laughs> He's gonna be like, actually, and just walk up to the front and let him know, like, like actually, with the you know all the tax reform that came in with Trump, it's actually a whole lot different now. You can't claim that as a deduction anymore. It's actually more bundled into the standard. <laughs> Lady Navio asked who would be the little spoon. Well, technically, he's an inch shorter than me, so I think I get to be the big spoon. So I'll be poking him all night. I prefer to be a fork. <laughs> <laughs> fork, you dude. Um. Yes. So TwitchCon is happening. If you're going, uh, we let me know, and we'll we'll make something happen. I'm I'm I plan on just partying for three days straight. So uh, bring your dancing shoes, and uh, you know, leave your liver at home because I'm gonna punish it. Oh no! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> All right, guys. Well. Uh, we're going to call it a night. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we'll go see if there's anyone on that we want to go raid, say hi to. Crispy Audio, any parting words, any plugs, anything you want to you wanna leave us with? I, I think you plug just about everything I got. Uh, I did want to throw in there, though, the whole reason behind all the donations and the, the love and support shown there is 
in my eyes, when I see somebody that legitimately enjoys what they're doing and they have some sort of uh, even a remote interest in what they're doing and they, you know, they want to do it. When you see that, you kind of start to get involved there. You start to feel it. You go along with it. And, and all in all, when you see somebody having a good day, it makes your day a good one. And so when I saw that, you know, I thought, this guy's going to be around for a while. This guy's got something about him. So uh, You're making me blush. Stop it. I wanted to get in there, get involved, you know, be part of a community. Thank you. I appreciate that. Those are kind words. Mm-hmm. James, you, sir, any parting words? <sighs> Not exactly, but I would have to say, yeah. When you get when you get attached to the people, you can't leave. You're obligated to keep returning. So I watch the people in chat all the time. I'm like, you weren't here the other day. <laughs> Where were you? He's even, in the- that, even when I'm not here, I'm like, oh, Jimmy, I wasn't here. This is why. Sorry, I couldn't be there that day. He's an accountant. He's keeping tabs. He's got an Excel spreadsheet. Everybody's name, how old they are, <laughs> where they live. You weren't uh, here on October 1st. It's like your follow to watch time ratio. It's uh, not doing too hot these days. What, what's happening? <laughs> You've been following for at least three months now, so you should be watching at least three and a half hours of the stream each time. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Um, and uh, again, one last plug. Please, everybody, go check us out. We're officially on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're at hitthebucket.com. Uh, go write a review. Go uh, go tell all your friends. Please, please, please check it out. I really want the pod. The podcast is like my my passion now. I enjoy streaming. I enjoy YouTube. But like... I'm obsessed with people, and I, I think just to give you an idea, this all started because I've always listened to podcasts, and then when I joined Team DLC, and we had a meeting one day, and they're like, "Hey, we should have like a you know a DLC podcast once a month or once a week, so people can get to know the members of D- Team DLC." And I kind of took the reins on that and coordinated the whole thing and set it up, and then I absolutely fell in love with it. I'm I'm an extrovert by nature and I love people. I'm obsessed with, you know, just learning their stories and and their skills and and what makes them tick and I just I couldn't stop. As soon as I did those few first few DLC podcasts, I was like, "All right, Wednesday nights are podcast night now." And I just hit the ground running and I haven't looked back since. And so it it really means a lot to me that you're here supporting it and uh if you can, please Give it a download, give it a listen, give it a review. Uh, it would it would really mean a lot to me. So thank you guys. I love you and have a great night. Ooh.